0: Should I say hello? So to- anyway, <laughs> I don't think that guy was a real proctologist. Oh shit! Hey, I I didn't see you didn't see you, everybody. How's it <laughs> going? guess we're live. You want to know what the reality is? I I was agonizing for no joke hours for how I was going to lead this off, and I was not prepared that I was going to get cut off as a bit. I and, I, um, I think that should be you your have first thought. thought. That's your
1: first thought. There is you're getting cut I off. my
0: w- I wasted my entire afternoon. So Glad I could help. (laughs) There's that. But hello Twitch, and welcome to another fun, fun episode of Here's a Guy. And this is really crazy for a couple reasons. First of all, I'll state the obvious, and sorry if you can hear my cat playing in the background, but there's not much I can do about that. Um, To state the obvious, we're live, and we're on Twitch doing this. Usually, you know, we record this in a a seedy back alley someplace, but in this case, we're doing it live. We're going to be talking with you, the chat um all evening and you're going to get to see um you know uncut uncensored unfiltered our penises also how this all plays (laughs) out so
1: so that's why we did it on my channel so that when it gets taken down it doesn't affect the here's an adventure channel that makes sense that's right
0: absolutely yeah um we're fine with porching everything you've ever built yeah yeah i can start that one that one that one project that we've we've all worked on together (laughs) touch that so for those of you who don't know, um, this is a live edition of a podcast called Here's Guy, which um, Jack, the host of this very channel, is one of the three regular hosts of and I I believe he he promotes it from time to time
1: yeah.
0: um, and I, I think some of you may listen to it um, not going to expect you all to so for those of you who it's your your, your first time hearing any of this, um, welcome
1: I, w- I will say I expect everyone to listen to it, it, is, okay. it is it is homework. Uh, you will have uh, questions tomorrow i will ask chat and if you get them wrong uh, you're banned
0: are you going to start i mean you heard what the man said <laughs> are, are you going to start rejecting those uh, rejecting those twitch subs for yes, that yes <laughs> hey uh, we already have in our chat our first death to jack john thank yes. you very much starkstad 252
1: yes thank you starkstad <laughs> all right
0: now there is a listener to the show there's
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep in in others, I like how you spaced out death as if, if automob <laughs> might hit it. <laughs> it my favorite, our... my favorite secret handshake of the of the podcast is saying death to Jack John,
0: redacted to Jack John. <laughs> so, um, well, I'll, I'll talk in a minute more about what the podcast is for those who don't know it and and why we're deciding to do it live on on this week of all weeks. But um, first, let's go around and introduce ourselves. Um, I am Alex. I'm coming to you live here from lovely St. Louis, Missouri, Um, and I am one of the hosts of Here's a Guy. Um, I'm also joined, first of all, by uh, my older brother, Cody, coming to us from Illinois. Cody, how are you? I'm good. I am, uh, yeah, out here in BFE. I am uh, not actually in my house. I'm doing this from our uh, mom and dad's place, just for um, more (laughs) secure internet, essentially. So uh, thanks to uh, our parents for putting up with all of our bullshit for thirty years now and um, allowing me to uh, record my stupid little podcast uh, at their house. Yeah, it's been a been a pretty good day so far. Weather was beautiful. Um, been looking forward to this, so can't wait now, to get started. Now let's uh, let's go ahead and get one moment of suspense out of the way. Were you able to find a gas station banana for the show? <laughs> I did not. God damn it. And I could not wait to tell you this. Oh, no. I walked into that gas station on the way home. I needed gas, but I specifically also wanted to see if they had a banana. They were out. The bananas thing was still there. All the bananas were gone. The bananas. I don't think anyone had touched one of those fucking bananas for the entire, like, two months we've been doing this bit. (laughs) And then suddenly there's a run on bananas. I can only imagine that one of my friends from, from town who listens to the podcast heard that that was going to be a possibility and decided to <laughs> sandbag me and ruin the whole, ruin the whole routine. The So no, I do not have a gas station banana for you. Although if they restock those bananas, um, I will make it up for you by eating one on a future podcast recording. Next time I see a gas station banana, I'm buying one. That's the a decision most, that I have made.
1: The most hardcore of here's a guy fans, uh, flocking to their local gas station. They're not sure which one it is, but they're buying all of the bananas just in case they find the right one.
0: It's going to be like the bare naked ladies macaroni and cheese thing <laughs> where uh, when we eventually get big enough to start doing actual live shows, people are just going to huck the cheapest bananas they can find at me. I can't wait for
1: in many years when we're moderately like semi, like a like hundred like people know who we are that I can autograph a banana at some point.
0: I think we're already there. I think this is as good as it gets. <laughs> now, was the sign still there or was the whole, was the, yes. all trace of it completely gone? Yeah, no, the sign, that's how I know they didn't just give up. Like the sign <laughs> yeah. and the bowl were still there and still, it, the was devo- it was de- Yeah. Yeah. Same oh. sign. They haven't touched the sign since the last time. Next, but it was completely devoid of bananas.
1: Next time you go in there, if it's still there and it's empty, it's your duty to ask the person working behind the register. Uh, hey, when are you going to restock those bananas? Because I guarantee you no one has ever asked about
0: them and it's going to confuse the shit out of it. One of two things is going to happen. Number one, what you just said. Or number two, they're going to break out into a rousing chorus of, yes, we have no bananas. And I, I'm going to give them $50 and walk out. Because <laughs> you'll never do a better bit than that working customer service. It It can't be done um yeah joe levin says banana themes that banana thieves that is certainly possible um just the 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 scum of the earth the lowest of the low also uh, my, uh cody my schneider question. has schneider's complimenting your uh your poster oh yeah <laughs> good fellas is uh one of my favorites yep um so the banana thieves theory doesn't really hold water because if you're gonna do that why wouldn't you steal the more upscale bananas These are bananas. These are clearance rack bananas. If you remember, the the price of these has dropped 20 cents in the last couple months.
1: You got to imagine that the basket is probably worth more than the bananas at that point, too.
0: Yeah, it's a nice little wicker (laughs) basket. It probably is. It's a a good basket. And they left that there. Also, I'd steal the sign just to prove that somebody actually (laughs) did that. Actually, I... clarification on, on Schneider. Uh, his favorite all-time movie is Major League, which is also your all-time favorite movie, Cody. I yeah, believe. okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if Schneider was a like habitual uh, here's a guy listener. And yeah, if that's the case, he would know that uh, Major League is... Yes. N- normally, Alex can, can attest to this. Major League is my favorite movie to the extent that if you ever see me actually watching it, you know I've had a very bad day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it's my breaking case of glass movie. Or break glass in case of emergency. Movie. Can I, I remember there. I remember one period of time distinctly that things must not have been going terribly well because you were watching Major League like a couple times a month. For a stretch, that was probably yeah. most alarmed I've ever been about your well-being. Yeah, was uh, the, the old the old brain was not doing great, but uh, luckily I uh, slapped a patch on it and uh, the leakage has stopped. So here we are. So I, I guess I should uh, go ahead and introduce our other our other co-host uh who happens to be jack john who um unless this is your first time watching the stream you you've seen him around from time to time jack john how are you
1: uh i'm doing great yeah this is basically the the cellar that i live in uh that that twitch is used to seeing Uh, i've got my my miller light uh neon sign behind me i'm i'm in my element today uh I also, I also um, want to take a minute to shout myself out. Look at the lovely little background that I designed for us. We're in like a nice little den. It's got a fireplace mm-hmm. behind Cody. There's some like mm-hmm. nice like adult chairs. This is a very, very uh, classy episode of Here's a Guy.
0: See, if I had been recording this in my actual home, you would have seen something very similar because <laughs> I usually record in my recliner. Yes, it's it's in just my den. A, yeah,
1: it's just a picture of uh, of Cody's apartment, but with way better lighting. <laughs>
0: Um, Jack, I, I, you're, you're in fine form. Don't get me wrong, but I do think you missed a, a sub from before the stream actually. Oh yeah. Yes. And,
1: and of course the, the, the lovely Turpin for Prez, that's the Turpin, the number four P-R-E-Z. Oh, that's uh, me. Subbing for 23 months. How could I forget? I
0: have be, been giving you $5 for 23 months in a row. <laughs> Can you believe that? What a legend. Um, so yeah, for those of you who've, who've not listened, um, what the show is and uh i i literally just re listened to episode 1 this afternoon and and this is going to be almost the exact same yeah. spiel um we we had been talking about doing a podcast for quite some time um but we could never quite narrow down what we should talk about because <clears throat> we just wanted to do one yeah but the thing is like none of us are are famous None of us have really an expertise in any area that nobody else has a podcast about. So the first idea was almost like a reverse Seinfeld, like it was a podcast about everything. Eventually, that got narrowed down to here's a guy. Because, like, you see, you know, a story on the internet where of someone who's completely preposterous or inter- interesting in some way, and you say, like, well, here's a guy. Well, that's what we do. We find every episode, we find three. Interesting stories of of people. They don't have to be guys. They can be gals, animals. We've had uh, buildings. We've had, I believe, um, a, a troll. Vet. Yes. Yeah, a, a, a troll. Um, a moth. A, a moth.
1: Yeah. A horned toad.
0: That's right. One of my favorite uh, t- topics. I did. I'll rip the horned toad. In and I think 20.
1: we've talked about bears like five times.
0: Right. That's right. Um. So. Um, yeah, the idea is like we're we're presenting a story that not everybody knows, but we think deserves some attention, um, because either the person is really cool and nobody talks about them, or because they really suck and uh, no, nobody talks about them. Pretty even balance of those, or we just think they're interesting or weird or absurd, um, and we just like to draw some, you know, share the story with the folks. It's a short storytelling podcast. Yeah. Um. So we're going to be doing that tonight, but we'll we'll have some other things to talk about first. Yeah.
1: Uh, as a quick little uh, interjection, uh, Starkstad in chat says, "Best slash funniest customer service interaction. Uh, for mine, it it was one that just it made me so angry at the stupidity of it. Uh, I for for some of you know I used to manage a fireworks store, which is absolutely not the job that somebody should have allowed me to get. Uh, but I one day it, a guy came in and he asked, he was like, hey, can you mail fireworks?" And I was like, absolutely fucking not. You fucking idiot. No. And he goes, okay. And then he waits 30 seconds and he looks at the fireworks some more and goes, where's the nearest post office? And I just, <laughs> I kicked him out of my store. I said, no, get out.
0: Um, Look, <laughs> you, you monologue too much. You blew your whole evil villain plot. And now
1: this guy was absolutely stupid enough to go, Well, he just told me where the post office is. I'm gonna mail these fireworks.
0: So, um, first of all, thanks, Stark Dad, for the question. Um, Yeah, usually we 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 do have a a mailbox. By the way, here's a mailbox at gmail.com where people can send us their feedback, or sometimes they just DM us or whatever. Um, So, feel free to use the chat um, as kind of a a, you know that for this episode, and, and we'll do our best to interact with you. So, if you got questions there's not a lot of rules to this whole thing we're doing. So I appreciate that question. Um, And my answer, I don't personally have a lot of great ones. So I'm going to use one from a friend of mine. I'm going to borrow one of his because it's so much better than any of mine. Oh my God. This is great. If it's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. So he, um, when the Rams were here in St. Louis, um, it was a family tradition for him that they would all, you know, if they weren't going to the game itself, they would tailgate the game. They'd uh, uh, get, you know, good and good and plastered and my friend was in college at the time. So he had spent all day drinking and, uh, and uh, smoking pot and um, it's the Rams. So they probably lost. Um, So it got to be very, very late. Um, And uh, you know, he'd been all out out all day and he decided I just really need some Taco Bell. We've all been there. Oh yeah. And so he, uh, he goes to the Taco Bell and he's in the drive-thru window. Um, And, uh, before he even says anything, the person on the other end of the PA says, um, "Before you order, I just have to tell you, all we have is beans." And he's just like, w- "What?" And they go, "All we have is beans." And so my friend, <laughs> being uh, crossfaded, and uh, what happens when medically, when when you do that, folks, for if you don't know, uh, you kind of lose your ability to think, really and so the wheels are trying to turn and they just aren't, and he can't... Even a sober person is going to have trouble computing what that could possibly mean. Because, like, does he mean that they, they they don't have meat, all they have is beans, or literally the only thing they have to serve him in that moment is beans? In any event, he decided not to try and figure it out, and he just left. So I feel like if genuinely all you have is beans, take the L and close up for the night. Yeah. Like, I... I how many people are going to bite on that? All we have it, is beans. Okay, give me a bowl of beans, I guess. His How theory many times is, do you think that's going to happen? His theory is that, um, you know, they probably just... It was getting kind of late, and they just didn't want to serve him. <laughs> and he seemed like an easy mark. So, um, <laughs> which, you know, if 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 that's what happened, it worked. Um, so, yeah, all we have is beans. I did go to a Taco Bell once where um it was for lunch, and um, they did say... They they gave me something similar, which is like, before you order, just so you know, um, our shipment, our truckload of tortillas was supposed to come in this morning and never did. So we do not have tortillas. And I literally, I sat there for a minute and tried to think of something I wanted <laughs> that didn't involve a tortilla. I'm like, am I, I guess I could just get like a bunch of crunchy tacos, <laughs> but then I just gave up and went to Culver's instead. So, um, it, life do be like that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> It yeah, sometimes it'd be like that. Um, let's see for me, I haven't had a lot. I've never actually worked a full-on customer service job, which kind of hinders my, you know well of these stories. But when I was first starting out at the radio station, there was um I was working a Saturday afternoon shift on the air, and there was this lady, this old lady, that called in. And requested a song. And I was like, okay, I'll play it for you. And then she's like, oh, I just love you guys. And then starts talking about these DJs that I know are from a different radio station. So she is called the wrong radio station, basically. And I try to tell her this, but she just can't quite get it. (laughs) So I spend five minutes arguing with this lady over whether... I am in fact on the radio station that she is listening to. Cause she swears it's my voice that's on there right now. I was like, no, I, I know it's not. If that's the one <laughs> I was like, what, what is your dial And She gave me the band number. I'm like, yeah, that's not this one. Um, she thought I was screwing with her. So I was like, all right, fine. I'll play the song. I'm playing it right. Fucking now. Do you hear it? No, of course you don't because you're listening to the wrong station. Um, yeah. So there's that one. There's also, I worked nights for a little while um on fm for between six and midnight for about a year and god the amount of just drunk ass people hanging out in their garages that uh would love to call in and and just kind of party with me for a little while Are yeah there there was some fun times had so i uh, got a couple other comments um stark said i have not had that he wanted to know um uh have we been to a taco bell recently where they only accept taco bell app orders or doordash orders i really haven't been to a taco bell lately in general um but that that sounds awful yeah (laughs) because you're probably waiting in line behind that also i i have not so they do accept taco bell app and doordash orders of course in in the small town i live in but i can tell you right now small town in central illinois if you make it that like tech dependent in order for people to order uh food there that that restaurant will be burned to the ground by morning like it's just people do not yeah uh mesh well with technology (laughs) where i'm from they're
1: uh they're the people who are just hitting computers with rocks asking why it's not working
0: and uh, speaking of food um so Schneider says um, a potentially controversial take last night. I had chili dogs for dinner. These were ones on cheap hot dog buns and the buns almost immediately separated into two. After eating the chili dogs, I came to the conclusion that hot dogs are not only sandwiches. they are many sub sandwiches. So I really try not to get sucked into food classification debates, mainly because in law school, um, a friend of mine claimed that a uh, uh, pop tarts are a type of ravioli. They are. And I, and um, I said, I, I think, and quote, that is the dumbest thing. Like even whether that's true or not, that's the dumbest thing anyone's ever said to me. Um, and so I just avoid this altogether. I guess the question would be, um, does a sub sandwich to be classified as a sub sandwich have to be on hinged bread? Cause then maybe you have something. I it's think it if does. A, if, if either a where there's like a sauce component and, and cheese also. I don't know if it has to be hinged bread, or if it can also be just submarine-shaped bread that is totally yeah. separated into two halves. Either way, I mean, with with the situation Schneider's describing, yeah. either way, the hot dog fits that bill. I so if you're gonna if you're gonna call a hot dog a sandwich, I have no problem with calling it a sub sandwich.
1: I would say I don't think a, a sub sandwich needs to have hinged bread. I think like the Dagwood sandwiches, which are just like copious amounts of just like ridiculousness that you can get like submarine style where the bread just does not connect at all
0: um my take on chili dogs is that uh the coney is the best way to eat a hot dog that's my oh yeah on that yeah cheese iced onions perfect um so you know sub sandwich are not good call on that schneider our buddy mitch right now is sitting in chicago just shaking with (laughs) rage that you said that sorry mitch
1: there needs to be tiny little reality, pickles on that hot dog
0: I mean, if you, you don't have an calories. entire salad on this hot dog <laughs> it's not a hot dog damn where it. are the 45 peppers i do love me some peppers on a hot that dog. is true I, that.
1: i'm i'm I, don't, I do not discriminate against hot dogs. I will eat any hot dog you give me.
0: Yeah, that, that is not to say I don't like Chicago-style hot yeah. dogs, but the Coney is absolutely superior.
1: You could give me a stadium dog that's just a hot dog in a bun in, like, themed foil, and I will fucking eat a 100 of them. Like.
0: Stark's dad, but were you sucking on the chili dogs? <laughs> that is a John so Mellencamp reference for uh, all of you under 30s out there. <laughs> um, yeah, that's our first terrible pop culture pun of the episode, and it wasn't even us. That's impressive. Oh yeah. All right. Well, you guys oh. have certainly taken us down a dark path. What do you say? We actually do some of the shit we were supposed to. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. In case you're wondering why we're doing this on this week of all weeks, this is episode 50. We started this a little over a year ago, late September, 2021. And um, we're doing this to honor our 50th episode. Really didn't know whether anyone was going to listen or whether it was going to be any good, but um, we certainly have fun doing it, um, which is our goal. and. um after all that, as of today's count 3161 plays across 22 states, 10 countries, here we are doing this dumb thing for for all of your enjoyment. Um and we had some uh, a a commemorative activity that we were going to do where you know, let's just toot our own horns. Um we're going to go around the horn and um th- those of us hosts are going to share what our favorite topics are and for us um what our, our favorite guys that we've covered excuse me is and for for us it's going to be picking one of each one of our own and then um one a piece of the other two and um uh, for those of you in the chat who do listen feel free to to chime in with some of your favorites as well and we'll get to them so um cody how about we'll start with you who are who are your favorite guys who's your your mount rushmore of guys from the show so for my own topics i I was debating whether to go with the guy I enjoyed presenting the most or the guy I actually think is the coolest. I decided, fuck it, I'm just going to do both. So, the guy I think is the coolest guy I've ever covered has got to be Marshall Bass Reeves from back in uh, Episode 7, Rabies Gate. Oh, yes. He was pretty great, yeah. However, I think the crown jewel of, like, guys that I presented, there were two that were just wrestling for me but I think I'm going to have to go with Titus Oates from uh, episode 27, Austria's for lovers, because it just kept getting dumber and dumber and dumber and watching you two's faces (laughs) just keep getting slacker and slacker as I kept going. Jack John, I remember specifically was like begging me to get to the part where this all comes crashing down because I can't take much more. Um, yeah, I I think that was definitely the wildest ride and therefore, uh, my favorite to present for uh, favorite guys for you two, um, Alex. For you, it's going to be Lord Timothy Dexter. Um, that that is just absolutely bonkers. Uh, uh, that that's up there with Titus Oates and levels of what a crazy story. Um, Jack John for you again. There was a couple that I was going back and forth with, but I'm going to go with uh, from episode 11 Pope Formosis. Yes, uh, that was not only a wild story, but we got some really great riff material out of that. I remember we, we had an absolute blast recording that. So that's going to be my winner for you. All right. Well, uh, how, how about you, Jack John? And just, you know, you can even give like a little, a little brief synopsis of, of um, just in case anyone, uh, anyone's unfamiliar with any of these guys.
1: Yeah. So I, I wrote down like a couple of different categories for me. Um, in terms of just an overall episode that I want to put on my Mount Rushmore, it has to be probably my earliest favorite episode, uh, episode twelve, a very phallic Christmas, I, where we covered.
0: Yeah, I think to this day that's probably our best episode all around.
1: Where like, great we
0: slate of guys on that one.
1: Accidentally covered not only a theme episode, but also we're just on our shit in terms of like riffing, and then just like the topics mm-hmm. we presented, Bob Potter. Uh, legendary man who um, we reference still pretty much almost weekly, as um, uh, famously cutting off a man's penis in a fight. We had Jonah Falcon. Two men, two men. Sorry, two yeah, men. Cut penises. off two
0: different, and the balls too. Yes, yes. So sorry. how could I forget while he the second a, penis? Well, it was a sitting, uh, sitting representative. Yes.
1: Yes. Uh, followed up by Jonah Falcon, the man with the largest penis. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I finally got to I. <clears throat> Ever since I knew Jonah Falcon existed, I had that bit in my head about him in junior high. And I finally got a chance to break that out and share it with the world because that's been stuck in my head for years and years. So, yeah, that was a fun one. Uh,
1: Followed up uh, after my guy, which was uh, Richard Lawrence, a.k.a. Dick Lawrence, who um, famously got his ass beat uh, on, I think it was the Senate steps, uh, by a sitting president uh, while trying to assassinate him. Because he got
0: because he got high on paint fumes and claimed that he was mm. the king. Yes. Oh, no, okay,
1: that was, that was a different one. Uh, uh, oh. Dick Lawrence was the one who I can't remember which president he was shooting, but he had a gun that misfired twice. Andrew Jackson. Yes, because it was Andrew Jackson. Andrew
0: Jackson. I remember shit yeah. out of him. Because yeah. it was like him. Him and Bob Potter, like they almost yeah met each other. Because <laughs> I weird fan diagram of that episode was great.
1: I had made the joke that I'm still probably the most proud of on this show, where I said that Dick was shooting blanks.
0: Yeah, that's pretty good. That's uh, not the one we were the most proud of you for, but uh <laughs> so real quick in chat, uh Stark's dad two fifty two, another uh, couple things we have to address really quickly. <laughs> uh Death to Disco was great. We will talk about the oh. fucking debacle that was recording that in uh, a no, I, I can't I, I can talk about that right now. I can't I <laughs> can listen to that episode. Also, Stark's dad two five two, my favorite tagline was the decompression one. Oh, he <laughs> yeah. from... sent us a text about that the next yes. day. I made that up on the fly after Jack did his segment. That is the thing that I think I have written that I am the most proud yes. of. Yeah. Cuz it was so dumb but just in such a perfectly on-brand way yes. and it just hit me right I literally asked Alex as we took our break I'm like, "Do you still yeah. have that explosion?" Right. Okay, get ready. <laughs> I, I felt yeah. bad. it turned <laughs> out I actually actually had deleted that uh that sound effect. I had to go find another one which a free one of those that will not give you a virus and doesn't have some <laughs> like like copyright thing at the end. Surprisingly hard to find, but we got there because I, I wasn't going to let us down that way. Yeah. So that's the curtain behind that. Yeah. Let, let's just talk about <laughs> Disco Demolition. What episode? What episode was that? That was, that was episode, episode four. four. It was episode four. 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 The first, the B- first our of the first two baseball, baseball episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Episode four. Uh, the Camel Exposure. So Jack. Um. Um. Had a bit to drink throughout that episode. In fact, in fairness, he did tell us up top that he was going to be drinking whiskey throughout the entire thing. Yeah. And Uh, had already, uh, in fact, imbibed quite a bit.
1: Yeah. And it was also the episode that I had to this day, the most notes I've ever written for a guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Also, we put him last, which was probably a bad idea. (laughs) And disco demolition is, it's a great story. And in fact, there was a lot more to it than I thought that you, you brought to light. Yeah. It is a very long story. And so, you know how our episodes are way too long as it is? So, I usually don't cut much, which doesn't surprise you, um, because mainly because I don't want to. Because um, that's usually I have like an hour to edit these things before I go to bed. That episode, Jack <laughs> drunkenly rambled for, no joke, an hour and a half <laughs> just on his topic. And I at, at a certain point... I was torn between, like, you know, I'm getting kind of frustrated. I kind of want to cut him off, and I actually just want to see how long this goes. <laughs> so you, I think you only get about two-thirds of, of what that all actually yeah. was. Otherwise, we were putting out, like, a, a three-and-a-half-hour-long episode. It, Jack decided that he needed to go through a timeline of Disco Demolition Night in excruciating detail. Yeah, every, every So microphone. it's like every five minutes, something new happens. But it's mostly yeah. just the repeats of the same shit. You know, yeah. people breaking stuff and being destructive. Yeah. But, I mean, I think he underestimated just how long it would take to read all of that. Yeah, And that's where about an hour of that came from. Was it, the, just that timeline.
1: It was a combination of me being really, really excited to talk about a topic. Me having way too thorough of notes. I watched a double header of baseball and took notes extensively plus the event itself. I was also drunk and I also just didn't really know how to present yet. It was just a bad combination.
0: It was early. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It it was, we hadn't done this very often. I think we've all found uh, some, some things that work a little bit better for us than they did in the beginning. Um, I would like to think we sound a little bit more polished now. Yeah. Um, except for tonight where I'm going to have too much to drink. <laughs> I don't normally drink while we do these, but yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah, but back... know, a, little,
0: a little gin and gin and Sprite in the cup here tonight.
1: <laughs> but back to my, my Mount Rushmore for you guys. Uh, if I have to put one episode in, it's uh, very foul at Christmas. My favorite Cody story is probably an episode that I didn't guest on, and it probably helped my enjoyment listening to it live for the first time. Episode 33, Brown Alert, The Golf Hole <laughs> Pooper.
0: Oh, that was Alex. That oh, was, yeah, was that Alex. Was oh, sorry. I that, yeah, was, that was an uh, Alex topic. Well,
1: well, that. Then I have a couple for Alex. Um,
0: <laughs> God damn. My bad.
1: Uh, honestly, for for Cody, anytime our
0: problem used to be that you did too much <laughs> research. Uh
1: anytime that you, Cody, mention anything to do with like scientific studies that just happen to take place in Europe that are just wildly just. Bonkers so asiline, Verner, straight. So, so yes. Verner.
0: So Verner Forceman's the one. Yes. The one you're going yeah. with there. Yeah. Was was he the the um, heart catheter guy or the guy who drank uh-huh. yeah. chicken juice? Yeah. He was, was the heart catheter. A, the heart yeah. catheter Barry guy. Marshall, Barry Marshall. was the chicken juice guy. He was Australian, yeah. so even wackier. Yeah. Yeah. Cody's mad scientists are really yeah. kind of a a, a a category all to themselves. I'll, I'll yeah.
1: also throw in the right uh, the Wizard of New Zealand for Cody as well as another honorary mention. Also mine. God damn it. You
0: really gotta stop saying things when you don't know if they're true. That is the entire
1: reason don't, we do don't. This. Don't look at my notes.
0: Um, oh, uh, the Luis Jimenez conspiracy th- ending also had me rolling Stark's dad again. Yeah, that was yes. a J- Jack John. I, I I love that you planned. That was the first time you'd ever planned a bit to yes. end your to end your topic, and it yes. works beautifully.
1: <laughs> yes, that the um, the. DIA deep cover conspiracy uh, that I went full head into. I watched way too many actual conspiracy videos, which just melted my brain for like four hours.
0: Also, I had one of my favorite recurring of my bits, which is uh, (laughs) uh, walking into the next room and just screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, We haven't done that in a while because I don't think our puns have been that bad recently. We need to step it up or down depending on how you want to look at it. That or I've just gotten, you know, I have just gotten resigned to it. At you're, a you're, point. you're numb <laughs> to it. He yeah. was upsetting Freddie. He had to stop. Yeah. <laughs> what else uh did you have any more on that, Jack John? Um
1: other ones that I love, and I know these ones are Alex's ones. Um, but I've got uh just Gi- uh Giuseppe Zangara from episode fourteen, oh, yeah. Feathless yeah. Nut, which is an all timer for me.
0: Yeah. Let me at him, let me at him. <laughs> yeah. Just a fucking preposterous oh. So for for me, um, <clears throat> I'll say, as far as my own go, um mainly gonna be ones that have already been mentioned Cause like it was hard for me to to pick like like kind of like you were saying, Cody, like, is it you know the one that I enjoy doing the most, I think it's all around my best work, those best like I think Giuseppe is like one of the most popular segments that we we've ever done. um, he was a blast, obviously, Bob Potter, ton of fun, I think my best overall work like as far as like putting together the story was the, the back-to-backs and episodes 27 and 28, Jonathan Wilde and Jack Shepard. But as far as which ones were just the most absolute fun to put together and record and came out sounding good. I'm actually in agreement with Cody. It's hard to top Lord Timothy Dexter for episode 16, only mostly dead, which if you haven't listened to the episode, he is from the early days of America. This just like, a. um, uh, mercantile guy who's trying to—he was wasn't born into like a rich family that really wanted to be a tradesman. Married a rich woman and got her um, got one of her family ships and was just a complete nutcase. And all these like high society jerk offs were like <laughs> constantly trying to sabotage him by telling him like, go sell this this thing in some other part of the world where they clearly don't need it, and somehow. <laughs> Over and over, it always worked just by pure coincidence. Yeah, The the way I put it is he was the Mr. Magoo of mercantiles. Yes. Because yes. he had no idea what he was doing. And yet still, every obstacle somehow wound up helping him. And he, again, was completely oblivious to everything. So, yeah, it, it, that's one of the, the stories that I've heard on this show. And just I, I have trouble even believing it. Yeah, like trying to imagine this playing out IRL is breaking my mind a little bit. He was pretty surreal. Um, for Cody, I mean, probably the, the most fun segment. Um, and this isn't going to be my pick, but but maybe the most fun segment. And I'm surprised nobody's mentioned this one yet. Is um um I forget how to pronounce his last name, but Charles Tome from episode six. Yeah. Normal goat. Buns, the goat fucker guy. Oh god, yes. that was an so early favorite. That, yeah. That was that was just all three yeah. of us just just at the peak <laughs> of our game um well, it was but, so fucking he was shooting fish in a barrel right. really and, and i mean and that's why i as far as like the work that you actually put into it <laughs> my favorite of yours um from episode 17 fictitious nephew thomas blood oh yeah um yeah the, 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 the like that was that was the of, one that was fighting it out with titus for for my favorite yeah. the rich kid who just like concocted a ton of dastardly schemes <laughs> For no reason whatsoever. <laughs> and like, was boredom. terrible at them. Yeah. Like, didn't do any of them right. They all failed comically. Because that, that's just classic, here's a guy. That's a guy doing completely wild shit for no good reason, sucking at it, and just in continuously amusing ways. That guy, I think, is one of the essences of, of here's a guy. Um, honorable mentions for you, I'd say, and I know I'm, I'm cheating a bit, but I, I just had to mention... Uh, episode 11, Poon Lim was pretty great. Yep. Um I forget about that one. That was a good one. Episode 24, Franz Reichelt had maybe my favorite payoff of a here's a that was say. that that was another one that I had considered for most fun to present because the, I, I think I mentioned it on the episode, but I really was banking very heavily on. The reason I actually picked him for that week was I had just done um, in episode 23, Raul Cano which also had a weird twist that went the other direction, which is, you know, this guy yeah. made beer with basically 45 million year old fossil <laughs> yeast and it turned out good. Right. Yeah. He, so he I, wanted your, I wanted he your, I wanted your, I wanted your brains to be leaning kind of in that direction <laughs> when Franz Reichelt had the twist that, Oh, he, you know, there was this big buildup and then he takes the test and just immediately falls to his death. Yeah. Um, that I, I wanted you guys to not see that coming quite as much because I think the effect, it was a little bit better that way. Yeah. Um, the other, the other honorable mention, um, also from very recently, just a couple weeks ago, episode 48, um, fan man, James Miller. That was a good rundown of that as well, that I always wanted to know a little bit more about Jack John. Very hard call, um, between a couple, Richard Lawrence was definitely, uh, was definitely up there for me. Um, Ultimately, though, I am gonna go with, and I I re-listened to this segment earlier, and this only reaffirmed that this is one of the all-time elite. Here's a guy segments, episode thirty-six, much dudes about nothing. George Spencer, oh. the like, the really down on his luck, um, colonial New England guy <laughs> who um, uh, was extremely <laughs> ugly, and uh, his pig had the deformed, uh, stillborn baby, and um. Uh, they accused him of heresy because they claimed that it was his son. Yes. because that's <laughs> that fits into one of the one of the many um, here's a guy story types, which is just person who the world just <laughs> mercilessly shits on, despite not doing Charlie anything Charlie Brown. Wrong. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you, that's got to be. Now that I think about it, that has got to be one of the most emotionally hurtful things yes. that can happen to a person, yeah. because yeah. not only do they think you're the kind of person that would fuck a pig. But they're saying that this pig is so ugly yeah. that only you could have sired it. Yeah. Not even a regular pig yeah. could have done this. This
1: this deformed pig has like a really weird forehead. You know who also in the town has a really weird forehead? Sloth over here. <laughs> He's gotta be yeah. connected.
0: I, I, I think one of my one of my riffs and that was uh the townsfolk were like wait we know an ugly guy <laughs> yeah. Um, also, yeah, great riffing. Cody and I had a good back and forth about a uh, uh, former prime minister, David Cameron. Um, yeah, this, it also unfortunately feature, um And sorry to bring this up, Jack. Jack, um, putting down the word "sow" but not knowing how it was pronounced, yeah. and saying it "was so." so. Yes. <laughs> he said "so." That's um, true. We a, both a, fucking a, died a, at that. You, I remember that. I
1: remember in the recording, Alex hears me say that and like gets up and is just like, "I'm jumping on this immediately!" Like,
0: we both lean forward <laughs> yes. visibly. Uh, i i imagine you thought uh, what were you thinking when that happened did you immediately know like i got that wrong
1: yeah i I took a 50 50 shot and i missed uh and like when alex did like this i can tell that i've said something incorrectly it's a tell for me
0: i mean the thing is i I wouldn't it wouldn't ordinarily be quite so funny but we are from the midwest (laughs) right yeah where the land of the pigs (laughs) like yeah and other barnyard creatures yes so, um, Jack, John, will also give, um uh, honorable mentions to from episode two, the nuclear boy scout was pretty great. That one was fun. Um, and then also, um, an episode 20, jilted possum King, the same episode where I talk about Old rip the Horn toad. I forget who Cody's topic was, but it was, that was one of our it's best Kevin episodes. Warwick that week, I think yeah then, but, uh, uh, your guys, Sylvester Roper for similar reasons to Franz Reichelt. I mean, you kind of start to see the payoff coming and yet it's, it's just so funny. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to do a little bonus. Uh, my favorite guest topic because there have been several and all have been quite good but i have to give it to our friend mitch uh chance the snapper in episode 38 yes. just gator things mm-hmm. um great bit um yeah i i was kind of leaning toward uh either that one or when our good friend pookie presented uh uva ball back on uh, episode great, nine yeah. that was a you know that it really gave it because we all like nerd shit and horror movies so well, Jack John doesn't really like horror yeah. movies, but beyond that, I'm there. We, uh, yeah, Football we wound up really had a lot a, to. One of appearing in a later segment, also from just a few weeks ago, when yeah. I talked about David. Mm-hmm. Port. Yep, yeah, and we had a lot of lot of phone riffing on that one. So, yeah, it's <laughs> Mitch and Pookie are are two guests that we've had. and Not to knock John, the other guest, it's, it's just that he's only done it once. Right, but they are guys that consistently like even if one of us is out and we have a guest host, we it's really great that we have them to lean on because we don't worry about is this week going to be any good? Yeah. You know, we know yeah. that they can, they can come in off the, come in off the bench and uh, pinch hit a little bit and they're going to get results. So, yeah. you know, we, uh, we really like uh, our contributions from those fellows. Um, and for one final bonus, <clears throat> although that's my Mount Rushmore of guys from the show, I wanted to present my um under similar rules, one from all three of us, Uh, My my dream blunt rotation of guys from past episodes Mm -hmm. Um, from mine, the aforementioned Wizard of New Zealand uh, from episode 18, Chicken Friends, probably the most obvious pick of all of them. Yeah, Um, I mean, he's a he's a weird New Zealand guy with an odd sense of humor who acts like he's a wizard. I mean, you know, that's pretty cut and dry. I'm going to go also from episode two, Bob Eucher, Cody Disgust, because then you got, you know, you got some funny stories in there as well. Yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. And from Jax, I'm going to go from episode 42, covered in honey. Corporal Wojtek, the uh, tame bear. Yeah. (laughs) But basically what you're getting here, yeah, a New Zealand guy with a weird sense of humor who pretends to be a wizard. Got Bob Euchre and some fun baseball stories. And then you just have a tame bear, and who knows what's going to happen with him. The bear
1: 100% is eating the blunt at some point.
0: Depends on how tame the bear is. Yeah, I can see a couple ways that could end. If Um, you
1: remember, the bear would eat cigarettes. I don't know if you necessarily want him in rotation. Just leave him last, I guess.
0: So yeah, for for me, um, for my dream blunt rotation, first of all, probably the easiest call was Jack John from episode, I believe, was it two or three? Uh, Nakamatsu, the Japanese inventor. Oh, episode three, I, yes. I can, the wacky guy. Yeah, well, yeah, he's pretty good. Yes. Um, yeah, for me, I'm gonna say Johnny Eck, the circus performer. I bet he's a fucking riot when he's stoned. He seemed like a riot. Period. Um. And for Alex, I was also gonna go with the uh, the wizard of New Zealand. I don't think there's any top in that yeah. guy as far as you I guess we could I guess we could throw uh, Lord Dexter in there and just cause I wanna see what kind of schemes he comes up with when he's when he's baked.
1: I like that. For me for my guy, I'm gonna just to just to get some differences. Uh I'm gonna get Herb Abrams, uh someone that I covered. Um for Alex I'm gonna go ahead and bring in Crazy Crab from episode yeah. 43, Big Grapefruit. Hell yeah! And for Cody, I'm going to pull in. I think I think I've got to have Jonah Falcon in there just to just to have one normal <laughs> person, just yeah. to balance them out. I don't know Even if he normal, was that normal <laughs> well, compared to, compared to Crazy Crab, and you know. Herb Abrams, you you gotta you gotta have one quote unquote normal guy in He
0: strikes me as the guy is once you settle in, he's just gonna start <laughs> humble bragging about how big his dick is. So <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, I, jury's out on that one, I guess. <laughs> you let me know how that goes. Yeah. Catching up with the chat, uh, Pookie with the uh, cheering two fifty bits. Um uh yes, this is on Pookie. Yes. And uh, I, I was I was I was hoping you were gonna be able to join us um spawn of ron says uh mind goblins goblins? (laughs) oh my god i'm so glad you reminded us of this we need to talk more about what happened with this i was so what was originally supposed to be i think episode 31 yeah jack couldn't be on and so pookie joined us um and we put together what was a really good episode um and featured that mind goblins moment was in my opinion at the time the best moment in the history of the show I'm it was pretty get, fucking good. Get Cody and I with one of those is is pretty unusual, let alone one of us. And then I I don't know what was wrong with Audacity, but I go to edit and I look at the and I I, I start listening to the recording. It has not recorded any of my audio. <laughs> it is just Cody and Pookie. And the most heartbroken heartbreaking moment in the history of the show was sending out that text to the two of them saying um. Yeah, there's actually not going to be an episode this week. <laughs> I was thankfully able to salvage that moment because you really Cody and I both actually responded to it. But yeah, we well. both we both bit hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Pookie, yeah to be clear. Pookie's Pookie's execution was fucking perfect. He was so nonchalant; it sounded exactly like a question that he would ask, like that would have a legit answer or something like that. He sold it so well. And on top of that, if you listen to the Belchcast, you'll know this. Um, Pookie, it, it kind of all worked out in the end. He joined us two episodes later, um, and we got to hear his topic again. Um, and uh, uh, and we got to present him with a couple new topics. Um, and he he was kind of he didn't think it was his best performance. I didn't see it that way. Um, but it it, it no, seemed he like did he did great. He always yeah. does great. But your your brain when you're anxious about stuff like that, yeah, yeah. fucks with your perception it, it, a little. It seemed like he kind of wanted another crack at it anyway, so we we it it kind of all worked out in the end. Um, but that I've never felt lower in the history of of being on this show than going and so now we always test it out before we start. Uh, it took me you know thirty one episodes to figure that out, but you know so be it. You live and you learn. Um. And uh, from. Uh, from Orlo is real. The Wizard of New Zealand, isn't that just Gandalf the Grey? <laughs> in a sense, it is. Yeah. But what if I told you, the the 30 for 30 voice, what if I told you that there's a guy in real life who claims to be the Wizard of New Zealand <laughs> and was recognized by the government as such? Um, so check out episode 18, Chicken Friends, to to find out what I'm talking yes. about with that. Um, it is, however kooky you think it is, I promise you it is kookier than that. <laughs> yes kooky is the 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 optimal descriptor i think for that particular subject yeah he was just he was he was zany yeah so uh we're gonna get to the our guys here in a minute but we have one more bit of business um which is cody's done something for us um, oh this this better not be business (laughs) and we're going to be releasing this um you know putting this out into out in the ether afterwards um so you can all, all participate in this from here on out. But um, the only reason we didn't is because uh, Jack and I wanted to be surprised. Um, so we're going to go through this and all of you uh, watching, feel free to engage. Um, and also in any future episodes, we finally have it. We finally have the Here's a Guy drinking game. Because if you oh, know right, any so... of the lore about us, we like making these <laughs> drinking games. Yeah. And so Cody has, has, has been kind enough to put one together for listening to Here's a Guy and uh, take some notes Um, i'm gonna be doing the same yes so this is primarily my baliwack here but um our friend tom who we have to shout out that i used to live with and who was present for many of the stories we have told you on this podcast and still didn't uh move out or kill any of us (laughs) um he and i had a knack for making up drinking games oh god (laughs) and in particular um you know like Movie or media related drinking games on um fuck which ep- which episodes of Belchcast are they that Alex and I guessed on?
1: Uh, I think it was um, twenty, I believe twenty yeah. part one and twenty part like two, tw- like yeah. twenty like yeah. twenty A
0: yeah. and B, yeah, yeah. So on that we have our uh, a, a classic that I was very glad we got to share with you guys our Christmas horror movie drinking game, which I think was our finest work yes. that these two guys participated in as well. So that's kind of what we're doing here. And I will say that like all of our drinking games, this is a living breathing document. There will be updates to this. As we think of them, you are free to tweak these rules in uh, whatever way you wish this league ain't got no commissioner. So, um, we got a good, got a good suggestion from the chat. Orlo is real says beers a guy. If you don't have a name for the game yet, not a bad idea. I like that. I did not have a name. I was working on that, but, uh, yeah. Uh, Tell you what, send me five dollars (laughs) and I'll name it that or send me nothing and I'll name it that anyway, because that's a great name.
1: That is beautiful. Thank Thank you, Orlo. Orlo.
0: And also, uh, also, uh, uh, Mr. Strange says, yo, fellas, happy. Hope you're having a great night. Thank you, Mr. Strange. Hope you're having a good night as well. Hell yeah. So let's hear it. All right. So there are three tiers to this one. Okay. (laughs) Tier one, these are worth one drink and pay attention to when I tell you how you're supposed to drink. Because that's very important. That's something that was inspired by our Christmas horror movie uh, Mm -hmm. drinking game. Like, for instance, we had the Hanukkah drink eight shitty drinks. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, there is one drink. There is two drinks. And there is five drinks or a shot. I leave that one up to you. So. So. Needless to say, be very careful if you actually do this, because some of these episodes are landmines. Oh, God. Um, And if you don't know which by now, (laughs) oh, boy, you're going to find out. And the episodes are like two hours long. So (laughs) there's a lot of room for damage to be done. Yeah, really. Uh,
1: Enjoy in moderation, both us and the rules.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay, so we'll start with tier one. One drink. Okay. first one. Very simple. Bad pun.
1: All right, that's a death sentence already.
0: Those will accumulate. All right, number two, Nazis do something stupid.
1: Oh, my favorite. That is is a
0: that is a celebratory drink while holding up a middle finger. (laughs) Okay, flip off the Nazis while you drink. That's very important. That's the one rule I will hold you to. Okay. Uh, someone burps. That's one drink. I burp a lot. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> friendship lore drop. Drink for your friends and ours because we love friends around here. Here's a really good one. Really cool name. Lots of those, Ooh, and that like does Chuck, not have
1: Chuck to Denham. be Chuck Dan. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, I thought of.
0: it does not have to be. You're already killing people with this episode. Yeah. Um. It it doesn't have to be the guy either. It it can just be somebody obliquely mentioned in the yeah, story. Yeah. Often the side character names are the best ones. Yes. Okay. Uh, A counterpart. Really dumb name. That's one drink. Okay. And this is the reference section. So if we reference any of these things, it's one drink. The Simpsons. Oh, no. The Muppets. Looney Tunes. The whitest kids you know. Ugh, boy. For, for Norm Macdonald, oh, and Mitch, oh, okay. <laughs> now I'm going just because I had to put Mitch in here somewhere. that's a dream. That's a dream. That also, um, I I'm going to limit that to episodes that Mitch does not guest on because right, otherwise right. that's going to kill you. If yeah. you want to do it that way, yeah. I'm not gonna stop you. I'm just gonna <laughs> tell you right now that's a really bad idea.
1: I I will make a quick amendment. Uh, I don't know if I'm glad or not that American dad didn't make that reference list. I feel like i referenced that a lot.
0: Like I said, we can add and subtract. So if that's an amendment you want to make, we can talk it over in committee, but uh, sure. for now, shut your yap. Uh, All right. And, and um, to
1: chat, no, not Mitch Hedberg, which is also a great poll, uh, but our, our, buddy Mitch from college.
0: Yeah. We have not referenced Mitch Hedberg that much, although we could do an entire segment on him. Um, oh yeah. Shout out <laughs> to, I'm awful. not looking at chat right now because I'm reading this off my phone, but yes. uh, Great pull, whoever uh, yes. said that. I love Mitch Hedberg. All right, so tier number two, two drinks. These next are worth two apiece. Okay. A pun so bad, Alex has to go off mic and scream. Okay. Uh, Jack John gets made fun of because his baseball or football team sucks. <laughs> Drink sad drinks for Jack John. <laughs> We talk about Malort, Solidarity drinks. To all of our friends who are cursed with having to drink Malort. I knew you fucking had some. I knew it. Ugh. Uh, you didn't you don't have to do that. Cheers, what a tripper. A Bo Jackson reference. Oh. Pretty sure I would kill you on one of these episodes alone. Um Uh a guest presents a guy. Drink to pay tribute. Oh. Like that. we reference jimmy buffett sing a chorus of margaritaville and then drink all right that has happened several times in the history of the show <laughs> that we yeah. mentioned jimmy buffett yeah um alex and i talk about our redneck family that's for two <laughs> drinks And finally, we talk about bananas. Sing (laughs) a line or two from the Banana Boat song, then drink.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: I didn't know that was going to be such a thing, but it is, so I got to put it in here now. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. This last one, this is where things get a little hairy. Oh, boy. This is worth five drinks or one shot however you want to do it number one table that thought
1: oh my absolute favorite running reference
0: yeah that one's a little that one's a little nasty but uh i I knew this one would be in here somewhere yeah
1: that's almost one per but a little bit more rare
0: yeah um number two someone gets their just desserts uh you say get fucked nerd then drink (laughs) Number three, we tell you the real reason Jack John wasn't there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, bonus, I you know, bonus, you can add an extra drink or not if, if it involves uh, him falling down and his <laughs> pants falling off and him farting and a bunch of girls seeing it and laughing.
1: Every so time. It may as well just
0: be, well just yeah. be six drinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do a bad accent
1: what are you talking about? You've never done a bad accent.
0: I do one every fucking show. <laughs> oh, I know. and I'm proud of that. Damn it. Um, like your father also, before you. Yeah, really. If, if you knew my dad, you'd know how, how true that is. Um, and finally episode ending explosion. Oh, and a couple of those. Yeah. That, that,
1: that borders on nun titties where you, you don't think it's going to happen, but when it does, you just lose your mind.
0: Oh, yeah. We yeah. That that was kind of our, our white whale for that game. That never did happen, yes. but we thought it was. was just, I heard there was one where oh. we were really getting hyped up. Like, we oh, were literally please. on the edge of our seats.
1: We, like uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey, the, the scene with the monkeys just going ballistic. That was us waiting for that to happen.
0: And if anyone had walked in and asked <laughs> what we were doing and we had told them, they would have thought we were just the biggest dirtbag degenerates <laughs> in the world. But they're like, no, 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 not, not for creepy reasons. Like we, we want this to happen for funny reasons. Yeah. We want it organically. So anyway, that is what I've got for the, here's a guy drinking game again, living, breathing document. By the way, if anybody has any uh, potential uh, rules, you can, you can put them in chat, but also I would love it. If you would send them to uh, here, Alex, is it? Here's a mailbox at gmail.com. That's right send them there. So we have something that's permanent that we yes. can look at. Um, sure. and I may very well publish our best, uh, suggestions oh, along yes. with the, uh, along with the originals when they, yeah. But again, uh, no commissioner in this league, so you can tweak these rules however you want. This is what I came up with. And, uh, if you, uh, attempt this game, uh, remember <laughs> that I am not legally responsible yes. for anything that might happen to you. Yes. Uh, and also have fun. Yes. And we will figure out a way to disseminate these rules to all of you. Yes. And I'm yeah. going to try to. think I have I, I think I've figured out how I'm going to do it. It will most likely be first and foremost via my Twitter, and then, uh, you know, with the podcast account and our other socials, we will uh, find a way to spread that to all of you. But yeah, I think we got that figured out.
1: As as a quick aside, are these rules in effect tonight?
0: They can be i mean that's up to you yeah again anybody who wants to try and do that but first of all don't start at the beginning of the episode because we talked about bananas forever oh god Uh, (laughs) yeah so and also in a lot of the just going over the backstory we've touched on almost everything on this list so yeah yeah this is (laughs) this is going to be the worst possible episode to do this game for i can tell you right now all right well uh yeah, if you want to participate, then then do so at your own risk. Um, it has not affected how we wrote our topics. Genuinely don't know how much you're, you're going to get out of it, but I'm sure you will get several, just because yes. there's certain things that are always true. Yeah. <laughs> so we have talked about all this, and uh, patted ourselves on the back for long enough. Folks, that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about some guys, and we're doing it live, which means, uh, Jack, um, you're going to have to sing the jingle live. Are you ready for this?
1: Uh, yeah, I think I
0: remember it. All right, go for it.
1: It's uh, the guys.
0: I like when I listened to episode one earlier. Um, I think you said after you sang that, and I quote, "I'm never doing that again." <laughs> yeah. Um, that was the first. That was pretty good for live, though. No auto tune on that yeah. one, which is unusual. So, uh, Definitely yeah. Normally, he, normally, what you hear is Doctor like... and
1: and turn my voice mod voice mod off. And all right, cool. We're good. We're good to come back. <laughs>
0: We bring in the uh, the uh, the guy from Hello Goodbye to auto tune all year.
1: I've got Al City uh, uh, data packs in my PC to just kind of boost that up a little
0: bit. That's an old reference, man. I I can't believe you're name dropping auto tune artists and nobody said T Pain. Well, that seemed like well, the obvious one. Yeah. The the auto tune guy. Yeah. So um, we're gonna go in the exact same order as we went in. I believe in uh, episode one which means that I'm up first. And let me just say a a, a few things before to preface this. What I started last week and what it's going to be for the rest of October is what I'm calling Mayhem Month, which means uh, stories of real-life horrors. I'm taking a one-week break from Mayhem Month. Um, This is not a spooky topic, although you could certainly make an argument that it's an existential horror of its own. (laughs) Um, The reason why I'm doing that is the very first topic ever on the very first episode of Here's a Guy, if you remember, it was John Leonard, one of my all-time favorites, the plaintiff in the Pepsi Points case. Yes. Um, he tried to force Pepsi to sell him a Harrier Jet um, for the, the, the cost of a uh, soft drink rewards program. So ultimately, that was a story of a weird and silly lawsuit. For episode 50, in honor of that, I am bringing you the story of another weird and silly lawsuit featuring a cast of weird and silly people. This week, I am talking about John Sarno and the story of the Disneyland gangs. (laughs) You you heard me right. You heard me 100% right. The Disneyland gangs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, In
1: in fear of getting a table that thought, Mickey Mouse better be wearing a
0: leather biker jacket. There's not quite enough meat there for a table that (laughs) thought. Okay. But there's going to be something kind of like that. Okay. So... I got to say another thing while we're, you know, doing a, a, a more peeling back the curtain type episode. One of my favorite running gags is when we get into the legal system and it's not just because Alex is a lawyer. We come across that a lot because genuinely in legal history, the legal system pretty much everywhere works in ways in such a way that you are eventually going to have some really stupid shit happen like it's unavoidable
1: you have to have that because everyone
0: there's always anyone who's taken a philosophy class knows there's always that idiot who makes some really obtuse argument on a technicality well what if like this people do that with the legal system because they are allowed to so that's just kind of par for the course court is where people go to deal with their problems and uh, a lot of people have very silly problems it turns (laughs) out very real ones too but also very silly ones a lot of people take a lot of problems to court that could be better solved in therapy, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's definitely going to be a big takeaway from all this, <laughs> even just how these people wound up in this situation. But I'll also add um, big picture when we talk about the significance of these stories historically, maybe the least important topic I've ever discussed or anybody's ever discussed on here. Sometimes I have a habit of going off on serious tangents. I do not anticipate that will be happening in this this episode. Even less than uh, old Rip or Chance the Snapper, who are not even people? (laughs) Even that. Ooh. So our story begins at the Disneyland theme park in Anaheim, California. A place celebrating the wonders and joys of the Disney Corporation's intellectual properties. It is intended for children, <clears throat> but in recent years, they've increasingly started marketing a little more for adults as well. And that's where the problems arose. I'm not going to get on my high horse about Disney adults um, as far as like, you know, movies and TV shows, like whatever you like. It's, it's none of my business. Um, I like plenty of cartoons and stuff like that as well. But for something like this, where it's a theme park, the adults involved really need to exercise a base level, like, normalcy and not make things all about themselves. And apparently for these people, that's pretty difficult. Because in the early 2010s, a trend develops, and we begin to see social clubs popping up around Disneyland. Well, that sounds pretty normal. I have to emphasize that they mean social clubs, SCs, in the same way that biker gangs call themselves motorcycle clubs, MCs. Gotcha. Because what the SCs are, they are cliques of adults with season passes to Disneyland who adopt the aesthetic of gangs, specifically biker gangs. They group together... (laughs) They group together and make their own merch, with many wearing uh, denim or leather jackets with their group's insignia on the back. Some even get Disney tattoos. Now, to be clear, I am, um... Jack, you seem... You seem a little befuddled. What's troubling you?
1: All of it. I'm taking it all in. It's hitting me (laughs) in waves. I... I have Disney adults in my family, and I'm also picturing them doing it, and it's just fucking hilarious to
0: me, dude. The, it, it's so counterintuitive; like, yeah. it makes no sense on any I, level whatsoever. It's it's almost abstract art. Yeah, I'm also way.
1: picturing like mini, but like with like fishnets on and like, she's like bending over a Harley and that's somebody's tattoo. And that just like <laughs> instantly is just making me giggle, but also just, I'll bet you a hundred dollars that exists somewhere. Oh, it, it has it's, to. It's, it's,
0: but it's Minnie mouse. Um, yeah. Yeah. So... I think, uh, yeah, it's just really that it's like your local quilting bee dressing up like the crips. It just, it makes no sense <laughs> yeah, whatsoever. Like that Monty Python bit where yeah they're doing hell's the grannies. Yeah. 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 Or even
1: uh, South Park, where uh, Jimmy and Timmy join the Crips. Like it's it's it's
0: ridiculous. Another one we could add to the reference list at some point. Monty Python and South um, Park, frankly. Really. <laughs> now, to be clear, and I don't think I am breaking any big news here. None of these people are real gangsters. Not a <laughs> one of them. They are weird adults with too much free time. There is nothing remotely threatening about them. And I' I'll, in fairness, there's nothing <coughs> there's nothing even inherently wrong with this It's not my cup of tea but like there's nothing wrong with doing this so long as none of them uh go on a power trip and start fucking with each other no it's not morally repugnant it's just stupid yeah another running theme with this show yeah and uh I I think in the spirit of the rules I'm not gonna table that thought my to myself but um just as a matter of fact table the thought that I just put out. yeah
1: uh, heavy foreshadowing.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. why I didn't push that any further. Yeah, yeah. Some of the Disney social clubs include the Big Bad Wolves, Flynn's Riders from I believe from Tangled, <laughs> the Bangarang bunch, the Main oh, Street a Elite reference, <laughs> and the Pin-Up Pixies. Well, that's just adorable. Yeah, it's Tinkerbell. Yeah. Tinkerbell, you see. Yeah, these No groups... Lost Boys. <laughs> Um, I don't have an exhaustive list, but that one would make sense. Uh, I it could yeah. also be vampires that would That would work for that as well. Yeah, that's true. I don't think that's a Disney product, but still. No, that is a, uh, that is an eighties, uh, cocaine product. I think okay. <laughs> fair enough. Like if you neighbor. ask either Corey that was in that movie, <laughs> RIP, um, are both of them dead or just one? Just Corey Haim. Okay. Feldman is not dead. He's just gone batshit crazy yeah, again, which is irrelevant. so these groups they wear their sets when they come to the park they'll all join this exclusive facebook group with private group chats just for the social club members and that of all this may be the most harmful thing because now what is already a very cliquish situation in nature it's introducing social media and forum culture to all this Mm. this is ripe for pettiness and power trips and outcasting I'm uh, picturing episode I believe was it 31 Mind Goblins where uh Brandon Vetus was my topic? I'm picturing yeah. him getting involved in all of this now.
1: I can't think of a worse Facebook group to be in than a like a Disney echo chamber. Like that just sounds miserable.
0: And they're all pretending to be like biker gangsters too. Yeah, you gotta remember that part. But for a few years, the first five years or so of this, everything goes without incident. None of the social clubs feud with each other. They're all just, you know, going to the park, doing their thing, wearing their merch. Ah, uh, they organize events. The most serious thing is they'll they'll snitch on line cutters to park security and stuff like that, <laughs> keeping the peace, as it were. Nothing more biker gang like <laughs> than being a huge fucking snitch. <laughs> that's th- another. That's another thing that we've had a couple times is a real weasel.
1: Oh,
0: maybe that maybe that should be in the drinking. Game. You can Weems. add that if yes. you yes. want. Yes. yeah, a, ra- a Randall Weems type. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean it's a cosplay thing. There's no real life disputes of any sort until 2016. Unfortunately, this is where our guy John Sarno enters the picture. John, for his career, is a firefighter. In his spare time, he and his wife were members of the Disneyland Social Club, the Main Street Fire Station 55, or the MSF for short. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine the? Uh- so they're cosplaying as firefighters. Well, Main Street. Fifty five is apparently a um and I've not been to Disneyland, but this is what one of the articles said. Um it's like one of the long time uh buildings. I don't know what they use it for in Disneyland that like I think Walt Disney used to like live above it. Hmm. Um but John Sarno is like actually what was your question?
1: Were they cosplaying as firefighters were, the whole time? Were, were they cosplaying okay.
0: as firefighters instead of bikers? Yeah. Table that thought. Ah, fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, go for it, Jack. Yeah, I'm just going to take uh, <laughs> a quick swig. I'm drinking whiskey. That'll do. So in uh, February 2016, John and his wife meet a woman named Gabriela Soto and her 12-year-old daughter, who for the sake of the eventual lawsuit that comes out of all this, is known as Little Doe. Gabriella and Little Doe are members of the social club The Mermaids. They're all at the park one day. Um, Gabriella and Little Doe they they meet up with MSF. They all hit it off, and at MSF they invite Gabriella and Little Doe to hang around with them for the day, and they uh, take them up on that. So the first thing that happens is while they're walking around, some dickhead tourist bumps into John and almost knocks him over. How does John retaliate? He doesn't because they're not a real gang. They're a bunch (laughs) of walking around a theme park dressed as bikers. So he doesn't do anything to the guy, but. Little Doe starts a, a, a kind of a running joke with John that uh, uh, she's got his back and, and she'll be his security. You know, she's getting into kind of the cosplay part of this too. You know, okay. just a kid having fun. Later, they get to a ride with a really long line. And Gabriella, I guess, doesn't want to wait that long. To what she asks, like, you're, you're fucking Disneyland. What, <laughs> like, isn't, what did you think was going to happen? You know, yeah. it, aren't long lines just kind of part of it? Yeah. Instead, she asks the MSF if Little Doe can wait in line and ride the ride with them. And they say sure. Um, they agree to meet up at the commemorative coin shop afterwards. So this all goes without incident. Um, and when they meet up at the coin shop, John, he puts in an order for 40 limited edition coins that he planned on using as a token for admission to MSF events. And some social media scavenger hunt game they do. I don't know. They're nerds. Um, <laughs> John then gives one of the coins to Little Doe as a thanks for being his security. You know, they're they're having fun. They're doing the bit. Later that month, Little Doe messages the MSF Instagram account, which is run by John, saying that she was sorry that she uh, forgot to post a picture of the coin that he gave her. John says that's okay, and she can use the coin to get her and uh, the rest of her family into the MSF barbecue that summer. So over the course of the next month, John periodically messages Little Doe, inviting her to events and group outings at the park, always saying something like, uh, you know, got this event coming up. Uh, I could really use my security here. Now, here's where I have to pause. I want to be clear about all this, and I have to be very careful how I, how I put it. Yeah. Is it weird <laughs> that this grown man keeps DMing this 12-year-old without her parents' permission? Yes. Yes, I that is yes. weird. Yes. And, and yes... <laughs> That is not something that you should do. Let's 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 get yeah. that out of the
1: way. Yes.
0: Um. That said, <clears throat> these messages were all made public, and um, in fairness, whenever he invites Little Doe to something, he always invites her whole family. He never tries to get her alone or separate her from her family or ask her to do anything else. So, like, you never know. You know, I don't want to instantly yeah. make an assumption here. It does read more like John is just a huge weirdo, which I think is self-evident by him being in a (laughs) Disneyland social club. Yeah. Rather than anything predatory. But, like, you can understand why this would be frowned on anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where there's smoke, there is not always fire, but you still need to check on the smoke. Yeah, Yeah. You shouldn't do this. On April 3rd, 2016, um, Gabriella DMs John and tells him, Hey, can you please stop messaging my daughter? Like, she's a kid. It's not normal for you to, like, try and be friends with her. Because um, that's the actual sadder truth. He, I think he's just genuinely trying to be friends with a kid. Oh. Well, I mean, he's in a Disney's, Disneyland social club. Like, obviously, there's some arrested development that happened yeah, there yeah. at some point. I think maybe um, he's still just emotionally ten. So Gabriella, uh tells John, like, if you don't knock it off, I'll have to take precautions and doesn't follow up with what that means. So, again, I do see where she's coming from here. Although, also, you did leave Little Doe alone with these strangers two months ago because he didn't want to wait in an amusement park line. So, you know, interesting <laughs> that you're just now considering yeah. all this. <laughs> but John, he, he doesn't argue with her. He says, like, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I'll stop. And he does stop. Okay. That would definitely not be the end of this, though. Hmm. One of the oldest of the Disneyland social clubs is the White Rabbits. Which, of course, from the most threatening uh Disney film, Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> um Schneider says this has Something... a walking on eggshells vibe. You are correct. That's yeah, exactly yeah. what I Some... to do here. Something tells me that though being called the White Rabbits, most of these guys have never been laid for a very important date.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm just waiting for the first like proverbial gunshot to fire. I know it's not going to be actually that. I hope. Um but like <laughs> this all just seems like very very just like uncanny, like very uneasy. Like I don't know where this is going and I'm
0: I'm nervous. So clearly John and the White Rabbit or sorry, uh, the the White Rabbits are led by a dude named Jacob Fight. And clearly Jacob and the White Rabbits view themselves as the alphas among the Disneyland social clubs.
1: Did you say his last name is Fight?
0: Fight. F I T. Okay. Or F-I-T-E.
1: Yeah.
0: Um Yeah, they, they look at themselves like the Alphas and think about what that must mean. Uh... Um <laughs> They run the Facebook group, uh Jacob and his wife, they do a podcast where they talk about the goings-on of the social clubs, which I can't imagine a less interesting podcast. <laughs> I think Yeah, and that includes this one. <laughs> I think the worst episode of Here's a Guy with the most fucked up audio, yeah. which there's a few contenders there, yeah. infinitely more listenable than whatever this is.
1: Like, I run a other podcast, BelchCast, which is very, very niche. It's it's beer, review, and nerd shit. I thought we were, like, the most niche kind of just, like, like, a hundred people might listen to this. Like, who the fuck listens to this Disney gang bullshit?
0: Uh, Spawn of Ron says, uh, I, think, I think nothing bad is going to happen here. Here's a guy turning a new leaf. <laughs> Also based on just based on the tone of that and the person's voice, I have now figured out who Spawn of Ron is actually, that <laughs> I believe you, didn't, it's you, hadn't show, figured, you hadn't figured that out earlier from the name. I didn't think about it critically. So, <laughs> so, um, so uh, John, um, he claims that Gabriella accepted his apology, but apparently in the background, she ran and complained about John to the white rabbits. By this time, John has decided to organize a memorial walk uh, at Disneyland for the 15-year anniversary of 9-11. Because, like, yeah, if you're the sort of sentimental guy who, like, will join a Disneyland social club, it does track that you're also the kind of guy who will start a 9-11 memorial walk just for no real reason. So is the walk composed of, like, the Disney bikers or, like, Disney characters? I really hope it's, like, (laughs) Mickey and Pluto and Goofy. just somberly walking down the street with their heads hung low.
1: <laughs> They're dancing, but it's like very, very slow and
0: sad—the cartoon funeral music. Oh my god! Goofy's holding a picture of his uncle who was killed in the the building collapse. Um, he was one of the rescue dogs. Gorsch. <laughs> 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 he worked with Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> Building seven comes down. Woo! <laughs> 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 All right. Well, we're already bordering on offensive, so I'll cut it there. Oh, I think we crossed that border. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we crashed into that border.
0: So, with uh, with Jacob Fight's permission, John had been promoting the event on the Facebook page. Then, on August 30th, um, Jacob DMs John and starts asking him about this complaint that Gabriella had made about him. At first, it's framed as like, send me the messages, let me look at them so I can, like, put out any fires. There's your telltale sign that this guy's on a power trip, that he has made himself Mm -hmm. the arbiter of this situation, and that it is incumbent on him to deal with it. The next day, the messages take a much more threatening turn. (laughs) Jacob admits, like, okay, yeah, uh, little doe DM'd you first, and there's nothing criminal about what you said, but it's inappropriate anyway. So, um... I have someone run your background, and he says you're not a real firefighter. Um, And, uh, you know, when I confirm all this, um, I'm going to give you, quote, a couple options of what you can do. (laughs) Now, one of the big unanswered questions for me is they keep claiming he's not a real firefighter. I don't think that's true, but I actually (laughs) never saw that actually corroborated by anybody either way. So you never know. What's going through your head, Jack, John? What are you thinking?
1: What a weird thing, one, to lie about. And two, what a weird thing to, like, call somebody out about in your make-believe Disney bullshit. I bet you're not even a real princess.
0: Who gives a fuck? Yeah, I bet you're not a fucking white rabbit either. Something tells me, just based on the opposable thumbs it takes to write these (laughs) DMs, that you are not actually a uh, rodent of any sort. John says he has nothing to hide, and Jacob could do whatever he wants, but, quote, there are always consequences for every action. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. oh, Jesus Christ. This is, oh, my God. This is the Disney adult godfather yes. just trading oh. veiled threats. <laughs> what's ne- what's next? Does John send him, Johnny Fontaine never gets that pot <laughs> in the Little Mermaid remake. I, I swear, if somebody
1: sends, like, Flounder from Little Mermaid's head, like in a box. I'm gonna lose my shit.
0: <laughs> um, Jacob does not take kindly to this at all. Um, he tells John he'll let them do their little nor- memorial walk, but after that, you will never be allowed to come to Disneyland in a in a social club vest again. He threatens to make a big stink about it and put all this out on the Facebook group and uh, complain to park security. Because yeah, not a real gang, so. Really, all he can actually do is threaten to just small, like, low-level blackmail and, and snitching to rent is cops really all that he can threaten to do, but he does. Um. So John says, fine, I'll leave MSF. Why don't you come to the memorial walk? I have a gift for you. Oh, no. So the walk takes place without issue, but John and Jacob agree to meet right after at the flag-lowering ceremony. John claims that uh, Jacob showed up with four members of the White Rabbits in full vests. And Jake starts by demanding $500 in protection money. (laughs) Because, because, yeah, he is... If it wasn't obvious by now that this guy just watches a lot of gangster movies and fantasizes about it, that's pretty much the dead giveaway.
1: I really hope he just found a crowbar somewhere and he's just holding it half menacingly.
0: I'm just picturing Easy Rider, but starring like Donald Duck. (laughs) And I want to properly set the stage. What these guys look like. Um, John. So there's a a Tyler, the creator, um, uh, freestyle song that opens with him calling someone a floopy goober motherfucker. That's a pretty good description of what John Sarno looks like. As for Jacob Fight, you know how on Twitter, people will put together a collage of like the, the MAGA reply guys and they're all... It's all a selfie in the car with the sunglasses and the shitty beard. That's what Jacob Fight looks like. Mm. So these two guys are squaring off, and the scene is: the members of the rival Disneyland social clubs have met up at the big 9/11 Memorial Walk to settle their score. Does you're conf- Huckleberry?
1: Can we, can we just pause and appreciate that sentence?
0: <laughs> yeah. Does this confrontation escalate into violence? Are guns pulled? No, again, these aren't (laughs) real gangs. They're just a bunch of dorks pretending. Instead, Um... they have a brief argument, they part, they go their separate ways, and then they resume their beef on the internet because that is where dorks argue about things. Oh. Two days later, uh, Jacob sends John a link to an unpublished episode of his podcast on SoundCloud where he and his wife spend the entire time airing John's Dirty Laundry and making accusations about him and his family his uh, message he attaches to it, remember I told you to walk away, but you asked for the flood of attention you're going to get. It's going to be epic. You know, how mafia guys talk. And, among other things, like, wh- what else are you wanting them to do? I'm confused. <laughs> like, is this about the Ep- money now? I, I don't know what else. Epic? epic. He used epic in work. a threat. Yeah, Yeah, because of course, all mafia guys, when they're uh, shaking down one of their marks, hey, You better pay up, or you're gonna be laid dead. Be deader than lay bacon. (laughs) The the red of my. It's gonna be an epic. It's Uh, gonna be an epic win. He's he's referring. I'm gonna bacon your narwhal at midnight.
1: Oh, that's a reference. He's he's like threatening to punch him, but he's like, "You're about to get these Twitter fingers."
0: Um. (laughs) So the Sarnos they go on a trip, and when they return, they find out that shit's really hit the fan. Jacob and the other white rabbits have been blowing up the Facebook page, accusing John of uh, being a, a sexual predator. They also claim that he steals valor by impersonating a firefighter and that the Sarnos have committed fraud and embezzled fundraising money to use for gambling. <laughs> and you're asking where they got that info, info from their ass is exactly where they <laughs> cut that. Yeah. That's what yeah. all people... That's the thing. When you start a smear campaign that's motivated by pure petty spite it doesn't matter how much legit dirty laundry you think you have eventually you're just gonna start making shit up
1: yeah they've they've got like a like a a poster board of ideas and there's like i don't know fuck all of them let's just accuse them of everything let's spin the
0: wheel and uh today he's an embezzler (laughs) They had also published the podcast episode, where on top of all these other accusations, and here's maybe the craziest part yet, they'd somehow gotten a hold of the Sarno's medical records, and they make fun of, first, apparently John and his wife had had fertility issues in the past, so they make fun of them for that, and also accuse accuse them of being pill poppers because they'd had prescriptions for painkillers and benzos in the past. This is what Disneyland gang warfare looks like. Top it all off, <laughs> maybe worst of all, the White Rabbits apparently had shirts made with pictures of John on them and the caption, John the Pedophile, and wore them to the park. How they got through security, <laughs> I have no fucking clue. <laughs> the lesser known disciple.
1: <laughs> like
0: even, even
1: at like the best case scenario, you're still wearing a shirt that just says, the pedophile on it at yeah. Disneyland. Yeah, it, do- it doesn't
0: say that he's the pedophile. <laughs> like, like, are
1: you for John the pedophile? Like, there's a, there's a, there's a like a disconnect here. Yeah.
0: Like, Raising a lot of, nip- of questions <laughs> already answered by my shirt. What if there's a guy in the White Rabbits who looks identical to John? <laughs> His life must be hell. The it's always sunny yes. episode where Dennis looks yeah. like the oh. sex
1: offender. Oh, this is going to be a problem.
0: <laughs> now. Does John defend he and his wife's honor by kicking Jacob Fights' ass? Did he send someone to have him dealt with? No! He's not <laughs> no, a real gangster! Of course not! <laughs> he, so he sues them for defamation. Yeah, Because we're dorks, settle the score on the internet and in court. He does have a good claim, I'll give him that. It's not. He's not pulling this out of nowhere. Yeah, there, yeah. there were some lines crossed here, like, I would say. Like You can say a lot of shit about me. I encourage Chad to say
1: death to Jack John. But if people start making a shirt that says Jack John is a pedophile, I might have to object then. Like, I, I get it.
0: Well, so can scrap we, our can first we get a... Idea? <laughs> <laughs> so John filed suit against uh, Jacob, his wife, and the other White Rabbit members. He also attached as a defendant on a different claim, Disneyland. Which, like... So th- this is like some, some first-year tort stuff in law school. Um what theme parks owe to guests, there's like a basic duty. Um, I forget the exact wording, but like, a, you know, they owe some duty to them because like they're their guests and they're there to profit off of them. Um, So they owe them a duty of, of just basic safety. Yeah. And John also files suit against Kaiser Permanente um, for, you know, the fact that his medical records are now public and they hired a private investigator yeah. and what they found out Apparently a White Rabbit member works at Kaiser Permanente, obtain copies, and just leak them to Jacob Fite. Uh, The amount of... I mean, that's not a small thing. You could very easily lose your entire livelihood for that. Yeah. The amount of shit that these people are, are prepared to put on the line for this stupid horseshit... Yeah. It just blows my mind. I, I just I have such a hard time relating to these people. I You're right. I don't You're care right, I don't care about anything that much. You're right, Pookie. I did say duty a bunch of times. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> so everyone goes to court. <laughs> and if you recall episode 1 with John Leonard and the Pepsi points case, there was a judge who loved the case and had absolute blast uh, uh presiding over it. This case is a stark contrast. <laughs> The judges are clearly so annoyed that all of this nonsense is wound up on their docket. Um, If you thought that getting sued would snap the White Rabbits out of their wannabe mafia roleplay, you are sorely mistaken. They start things off by uh, evading service of subpoenas, mainly by giving out false addresses and refusing to answer the door for process servers. Meanwhile, they continue to shit-talk John on their podcast and uh, supposedly actually brag about dodging all the subpoenas. Not a thing you should do. What? Not a thing even we are dumb enough to do. Fucking imbeciles. So John's attorney goes to the judge and complains about it. Uh, she sends the judge a link to the podcast as proof. The judge says he tried to listen to it, but that it was, quote, boring and a waste of time. <laughs> Maybe my favorite quote of the whole I'm time. sure uh, that's true. Yeah. I... No, I'm sure he's right. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't go find this, but I'm sure it's like, even for a goof, is it's completely unlistenable because it's just dr- like the inner workings of this world and all the drama that comes along with it. Nobody could possibly care. <laughs> um, so the judge base says, like, OK, I believe you. And he orders uh, to publish notice in the newspaper instead, the old fashioned way. One guy I do feel a little bad for in this. One of the defendants is this guy named Brandon Morse, who apparently came to this hearing and was like, I'm named as a defendant in this. <laughs> I'm like nominally a member of the White Rabbits but I don't know any of these people and this all se- this case is like completely insane. Can I just like get out of this please? <laughs> I don't even I think know who did. you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Look, I like Disney, but I'm not going on record saying that I like Disney this much. Can I just get the fuck out of here?
0: These people all sound completely nuts. I just want to go home. Um So now that the White Rabbits are forced to confront all this, they hire a lawyer of their own named Aaron Morris. And I don't know where they found this guy. As much as the White Rabbits love to pretend they're the Mafia, Aaron Morris seems to enjoy pretending he is a Mafia lawyer. He has fantasies of himself as Tom Hagen. The conciliary of the White Rabbits. Robert Duvall is rolling in his grave. Here's uh, some some legal stuff here. There are a few ways to defend a defamation lawsuit. And in California, uh, they have what are called anti-slap laws which give defendants uh, the ability to directly appeal the validity of these defamation claims before the case even goes to trial. It's almost like a summary judgment process, like a 12b6 motion, but exclusively for these defamation cases.
1: I do want to make a quick interjection. Orlo in the chat, with probably the best joke uh, that I've seen so far,
0: goof-ellas. (laughs) Ha-ha! That is good. I love that. So, um... Aaron Morris and the White Rabbits attempt this, making a few arguments. So, one well-known defense to defamation is the truth. And they don't really have that one going for them, so they have to try some other stuff. I picture Aaron Morris greasing his hair back and putting a toothpick hanging out of his mouth. He first argues that, like, what the White Rabbits said about John, like, those weren't really accusations to begin with. Like, all right, alright, right, it's true. It's true, we don't... We don't have actual a proof. shirt that said he was a pedophile. Like <laughs> Okay, it's true. We don't have actual proof that John Sarno's a pedophile. We just gathered the information and put it out there and let people decide for themselves.
1: Look, we, we don't have proof necessarily that he's a pedophile, but we don't not not have proof either. So but, hey. Throwing this argument
0: there. kind of falls apart with the shirts, I would think. <laughs> yeah. Holds up a shirt and he's taken in Sharpie a question mark at the end of it, like John the <laughs> pedophile? <laughs> his second argument was that in any event the statements related to a matter of public interest and so here's part of a defamation law which if you're making a claim in a public forum and it's a matter of public interest then you're protected from defamation suits that's a classic new york times v sullivan standard um and it's it's a very very important case for journalism now not kind of halfway related to this they may have had something to work with not through this motion but just generally in the case which is that Sarno's attorney, like, didn't do a great job specifying what the accusations were from the podcast. Like, it just kind of vaguely referenced the podcast, which, as we've established, nobody wants to listen to. <laughs> Aaron Morris, very helpfully in his uh, in this motion to dismiss, uh, lays out 58 paragraphs of specific accusations that he claims are not really accusations and relate to the public interest anyway, because the public wants to know about wants to know about this story, you know. So. Um, I know you all don't have legal backgrounds, but if that sounds stupid to you, you are correct. And uh, what's more, the Honorable uh, Judge P.J. O'Leary of the California Court of Appeals agrees with you. He issues this opinion, um, and it gets about as close to an appellate judge calling a lawyer an asshole as I have ever seen. (laughs) He says there's no way that you can seriously argue these weren't accusations, first of all. And as for the second claim, this is basically the textbook definition of private interest versus public interest, because nobody cares about this other than this Facebook group at most. (laughs) Furthermore, if he says, if this really was all about informing the public about this dangerous child predator rather than some personal beef, how could you possibly justify leaking his medical records and calling him a pill popper? What does that have anything to do (laughs) with your noble purpose? (laughs) Oh, God. Judge Judge O'Leary not only denied their anti-slap motion to dismiss, he found that it was so baseless that he deemed it to be legally frivolous and he fined the lawyer $500.
1: Let's
0: go. (laughs) Like, one of the ethical standards we have as lawyers is to not file what they call frivolous suits, which are just suits to waste everybody's time. And you do face sanctions like this if you do so. (laughs) What Judge O'Leary said was like, this argument is so on its face preposterous that I am fining you for this (laughs) you you cannot be serious so that was denied and as for the status of the case I do know that the complaints against the two big fish were dismissed on summary judgment by that I mean first of all Disneyland and that as much as I hate to side with the big corporations here that that seemed like a weak claim because like when you see these duty to guess cases it's typically about like someone getting injured on one of the rides or like slipping and falling. I don't think you could really ask them to foresee that a bunch of these people were going to start their own little clicks and start (laughs) hurling insults to each other and defaming each other. I I think they're probably in the clear. (laughs) Um, And also is dismissed against Kaiser Permanente. I don't know exactly why, but I assume that it was because this was just like a rogue employee doing this rather than some systematic failure. The claims against Jacob Fight and the White Rabbits were originally set for a trial in July of 2020. So that didn't happen, I assume, because like courts shut down and and they're pretty much weren't having trials anywhere at that point. I don't have full access to California's court records search. But best as I can tell, this case is still pending. <laughs> so that's something to keep an eye on, especially if you live in Southern California. If I lived down there, I would find out when this trial was, and I would block off however long <laughs> I needed to watch this. But something to keep an eye on is whether John Sarno can get his pound of flesh from the White Rabbits. That's the story of John Sarno and the Disneyland gang scene. And my point here is not, it's not that you need to pity John too much. Because my take is that he's a classic case of a guy who really stepped in it. Um Obviously, what the White Rabbits did to him was totally uncalled for. He could have avoided it all by just not being a big weirdo and having (laughs) bare minimum social awareness that DMing a 12-year-old might cause some backlash, even if it's totally innocuous. Yeah. Like, maybe just don't join a fake gang at Disneyland in the first place might be the big picture advice there. Like, just go to the amusement parks and then go home like a normal person. Or or even just totally different hobby, like entirely might not be a bad idea for these folks and some therapy on top of that. Yeah. I'm supposed to let people enjoy things. So what do I know? So that's the story of John Sarno. And uh, my big question for the two of you is that if you had it your way in this world mentioned this uh, big question is sponsored by Burger King. Thank you to Burger King, home of the uh, flame-boiled Whopper. If you had it your (laughs) way, um, wait, will you get in trouble for me Claiming a false sponsorship. No, you're, you're
1: you're good. I'm. I don't think I'm monetarily benefiting from it. Uh, that's that's so, well. You you yeah. just
0: said false sponsorship, so I think we're. Good I there. I
1: stream out of an Applebee's, so I think we're cool. Fair <laughs> point.
0: My big question is that if the two of you had it your way, how would you like to see John and Jacob settle their beef? And the chat well, is feel. Chat is free to chime in on this as well. Um. You know. Just in the theme of disney um i want them to duel it out on the uh deck of a cartoon ship until one of them falls into the water and uh, is eaten by the crocodile who's been waiting uh, waiting in the water ticking this entire time spit him back out <laughs> yep i uh, yeah. yeah i like that
1: idea yeah talk a...
0: about some fucking lost boys these are some <laughs> lost boys i
1: i have a similar idea but uh i i'm hoping for a better outcome i want them to do the exact same thing but on the it's a small world ride the little tunnel of love uh and i want to see if they can either come out as lovers or one of them dies i don't i don't care which happens
0: Mm -hmm. our good answer is both and um pookie says i still really want to see him have a good old-fashioned west side story rumble with snapping and dancing well here's the thing pookie that is what it would actually make sense for them to do because yeah. we are on that level of camp but <laughs> they really that's not the type of gangsters they want to yeah. be that is even though that is the type of gangsters they are like, like, they want to is... be like the hell's angels is what they want to be and like, they could not be any further
1: this is this is fake bullshit bring in a wrestling ring let's have a royal rumble let's see who who lasts yeah. in the ring like that's that's the level they
0: deserve royal rumble in the magic kingdom holy yes. shit yep um. Yeah, Spawneron lightsaber fight to the death. Yes. Yeah, Disney owning Star Wars does give us some some new possibilities there. Maybe a um, so mine would maybe be a um, you know, like they do rap battles or in in Adolf Sachs we did a, a flute battle. Um, in the Star Wars world, uh, it's going to be a jizz battle. Oh yeah, you know, just, you know the style of music that they that they play. Yeah, that but, is
1: that is canon.
0: Max Rebo champ ten years running. <laughs> he's in the background being the guy laying down the beats, hyping him up. <laughs> Can you imagine? He's, he's so cute. God. <laughs> Alright, so that's our first topic, and um, did the two of you want to take a short break, or do we want to push on? Yeah, we probably yeah. should, uh, just because we're about halfway through, I think. Yeah. Maybe a little more than halfway through. We yeah. Alright, well, um, everybody stick in there. We will be back in just a moment to uh, uh, refill our beverages and with two more fascinating tales of guys so yes. don't go anywhere
1: we'll be right back and we are back thank you guys for being patient through that little break
0: all right um uh yeah I got a new chat from um j taha hello hello is anyone home j tier has been everyone <laughs> boy i just butchered that <laughs> um how has everyone's day and weekend been um pretty great 3 days that's my favorite type of weekend cuz okay. i work for yep. the government you see yeah, I did not get that, and uh, was very bummed about it. Yeah, welcome, Thanks. JT. Thanks, everyone, for being here. Um, is anybody out there? Was that your first "Here's a guy" segment <laughs> yeah. ever hearing? Was that insanity?
1: <laughs> that is that is a great intro to "Here's a guy." Honestly, I'm that glad is the with that tip one. Tip
0: of the fucking <laughs> iceberg, as far yeah. as uh the ridiculousness you will hear yes (laughs) i was i was going to mention this little bit of lore i've never revealed i have mentioned before that um we did a there is an episode zero of sorts that exists where we just tested out one guy topic that i wrote and uh riffed on it to see if it worked and it did had it not worked we probably never would have done the show um i will finally reveal that the guy we discussed was um Journalist Kurt Eichenwald, um, an all around <laughs> journalist and all around shithead who uh sued a guy because yep. he sent him a gift and he claimed it uh, uh gave him an epileptic seizure. The audio of that exists, it is barely listenable because you can hear my <laughs> audio twice, and also, um, this guy's whole thing is he likes to sue, so that may see the light of day eventually, it might not, but um, I uh, wanted to give you all that little bit of uh uh, uh here's a guy trivia. Um, okay, so um. An episode one, the second topic was Cody. And Cody, I unfortunately forget the name of the guy, but he was the guy who... um Oh, uh, Ken McElroy. Ken McElroy, yeah. The guy from Missouri who was such a pain in the ass to his town that they killed him and nobody did anything about it. <laughs> so I don't know what your topic is going to be like this week, but um you are up next. So Cody, take us away. Who's your guy this week? We are talking this is uh, another one of those where I'm going to ask you guys to put on your, your deerstalker caps and light those, uh, light those pipes because we're going to investigate a mystery. Oh boy. Um, yeah, this is not really anything to do with Ken McElroy's story whatsoever, but it is a spiritual successor of sorts to a topic that I did earlier. And to avoid spoiling anything, I'm not going to tell you who that is just right away, but we are going to go just up the road a piece from, uh, where, where I live in the little town of Mattoon, Illinois. Ooh, some funny stuff happened there back in the 1940s. Some funny stuff happened pretty much everywhere back in the (laughs) 1940s, but there was only one mad gasser. That's right. We're talking the mad gasser of Mattoon here today. So where is Mattoon, Illinois? medium-sized town in central Illinois. Not a lot goes on there, especially back in 1944. wonder what that's like. (laughs) (laughs) That would all change uh, in the wee hours of August 31st, 1944. A man named Urban Wraith was awakened early in the morning by an odd smell. He quickly began feeling ill and weak and suffered a fit of nausea and vomiting. So Rafe's wife is like, okay, weird smell, nausea and vomiting, there's a gas leak in here. She wanted to get out of bed to uh, check the pilot light, but couldn't. She found herself partially paralyzed. Hmm. Oh, fuck! (laughs) Oh, God! I can't die in this town! Yeah. Um, Eventually, that situation just kind of resolved itself, apparently. Like, the gas went away, and eventually they could get up. I couldn't find much further detail on how that whole thing shook out. But later that same night, a young mother reported a similar experience in which she heard her daughter uh, having a coughing fit in her room and tried to get up to check on her, but couldn't get up. Again, finding herself partially paralyzed.
1: The the daughter was just smoking really, really, really dank weed and uh, the whole house had a contact eye. Uh,
0: That's That's <laughs> what I hope it was. This is the 1940s. I'm hoping she found her first jazz cigarette and was just... <laughs> You say weed go into town weeds legal in Illinois if, if somebody has not started their own little grow farm there and uh are are calling one of the strains the mad gasser oh
1: then
0: they're missing out Yeah. they're fucking up <laughs> so the very next day a third incident was reported by a Mrs. Kearney uh she began to smell a strange kind of sweet type odor outside of her window um Soon she began to uh, not only feel ill and weak, but lose feeling in her legs. So she called for her sister, who was also home. Uh, She noticed the smell and again, traced it to one of the bedroom windows and called the police. As is uh, customary police procedure, uh, they looked around for a minute, didn't see anything obvious and then left. So, yeah, they apparently did not look very hard. Because when her husband, Mister Kearney, a taxi driver, came home later that night at uh, approximately twelve thirty a.m., he saw a man crouched beneath the bedroom window. Oh, now it's the man a, ran away. Place yeah, that's crouch. not a thing you yeah. want to see. Yeah. yeah, the man, according to Mister Kearney, he saw a man crouch beneath the bedroom window. Uh, the man ran away, and Mister Kearney couldn't catch him. Uh, Mrs. Kearney recovered, but she, uh, for a little while thereafter, had a burning sensation on her lips and throat. Otherwise, no permanent damage seems to have resulted from any of these incidents. But the cluster of reports were enough to worry the police and the public, and soon everyone was on the lookout for the Mad Gasser. They would not have long to wait, because like we saw in the spiritual predecessor to this one as soon as this shit gets public everyone loses their damn minds
1: go As, find soon as there is, go find as out as soon soon as there a... public...
0: go find out who frequents the local mexican place you probably got your answer yep as soon as there is any even moderate threat to public safety everyone forgets how to be a human for a few minutes and just goes totally feral and right. completely loses control of their faculties um. So following this, a slew of gas attacks were reported in the following uh, week or so. Now, in most cases, there was no evidence at these crime scenes. Uh, as a matter of fact, nobody could uh, even seem to notice anything missing. See, initially, it was thought that this is just a fairly clever and obscure way to rob people, was to knock people out with gas, go in, take what you want, and then fuck off. Yeah, it's a good one. Even in cases where there were houses with valuables, such as Mrs. Kearney and her sister had just been counting a large sum of money earlier that day. <laughs> nothing ever seemed to be missing. Hmm. All,
1: right, all right, honey, it's, uh, it's the 15th of the month. Time to count all the cash in the house very openly in the living room window. Look, 1944
0: was a different time, okay? <laughs> um, yeah. The, the, the cop like, slowly, handshaking, pulls his glasses off. We have a crop duster running loose. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: I was the fighting. was
0: foretold long ago.
1: I was fighting my hardest to not make f- fart jokes, and I'm glad at least Alex made two before I chime in.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm just imagining Columbo um, <laughs> talking with the first uh, plaintiff in this case, or the first one who reported it. Just one more thing. Have you ever heard the axiom, he who smelt it? And it turns out that it was just a a hoax the whole time and that (laughs) they were behind it. Yeah. So as a matter of fact, in most of these instances, when the police went to check, according to the cops, and I know grain of salt, but according to them, there really was no actual physical evidence of anything out of the ordinary having happened because no evidence left at the scene. Nothing taken. All you have is these people's word that anything happened at all. So, again, it was initially considered that robbery was probably the most likely motivation for these attacks. uh, But seeing as no one ever seemed to get robbed, that led the public to an even Mm -hmm. more unnerving conclusion. That there was no real rational motive. This is just a fucking nut job. Guy (laughs) who likes doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Somebody who's doing it for shits and or giggles. Yes. The only other possibility I could consider would be that, like apparently this guy has just like no forethought and he like gasses these places. And then before he goes into burglars, he's like, wait, I also have to breathe the air. Shit. <laughs> well, hold your hypotheses. Oh, I will collect those from you later. Yes. I see. Don't you worry. But yeah, uh, this obviously ratcheted up the panic even more because you know, it's one thing to have a robber doing this. It's another thing to have somebody who's just fucking with people doing it like it's it it makes it much more unpredictable so it was not until september the 5th that any physical evidence was found at an attack site the uh cords family beulah cords and her husband returned home at around 10 p.m and found what seemed to be a white handkerchief on the on the porch just a big white piece of cloth Beulah thought that's weird. That's not supposed to be here. She picked (laughs) it up, noticed it smelled kind of funny. And then for reasons I cannot fathom, I cannot for the life of me understand being so goddamn stupid as to do this. I know we're not supposed to victim blame, but fucking come on people. Anyway, she put this funny smelling piece of cloth to her uh, nose and mouth and inhaled deeply. Oh, this smells like chloroform. It's, it
1: seems like, hey, does this smell like chloroform to you?
0: <laughs> but doing it to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I... She wishes it had been chloroform.
1: I also just love the <laughs> idea that it's like the forties, and they're like, hey, let's just huff some random shit we found on our porch.
0: She wishes this had been chloroform because that would have just knocked her out. Instead, she became violently ill immediately. <laughs> she said it felt like an electric shock when she was huffing this stuff in. Um, In addition, there was also a large skeleton key nearby, which is a thing that doesn't really exist anymore. Um, The cloth and the key were turned over to police. The, The cops couldn't find any chemicals that might explain that reaction on the cloth. Again, that might be a very interesting piece of evidence, or it might be just the cops not doing a very good job. As we will see, there is definitely an element of that in this case. Yeah. Um, this was not investigated particularly well. Um, well, I'll, I'll just add on on the point about her just sniffing the cloth like that's sort of a, a problem I have with um, kind of the true crime genre and the thought that it produces is people really fixate on just weird things people do in odd situations that are totally inexplicable to say, like, well, you know, they acted this way, this must be, and, and you see conspiracy thought that way sometimes. People just do. Yeah. inexplicable things all the time for yeah. no apparent reason. <laughs> people just make weird decisions.
1: People by their nature are stupid. It's, it's, it's a miracle that we're the top species on this planet.
0: This is our chance for a PSA. If you ever find a piece of cloth that smells kind of funny and chemically, do not. Just put it right up to your nose and mouth and inhale. That is always a bad idea. Or, just don't do it. Unless you want of- to, I guess. Unless it's like you're, unless you're a gas huffer, I'm not going to yeah. denigrate anybody's uh, substance choices. But still, yeah. Unless I- you know what it is, don't do that.
1: I'm not going to kill your high, but um, like have like a safety friend there to make sure that like when you start like projectile vomiting to death, that they're there to help you.
0: Yeah, be careful. I find a similar rule to uh, when one of your buddies puts their finger in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't just don't do it. Yeah. Juice never worth a squeeze on that one. So. These reports continued. Sometimes it was people actually claiming to have been gassed. Sometimes it was just people seeing these shadowy figures trying to break into their houses. The physical evidence was mostly limited to the odd set of footprints under a window and tears in the window screens. Both of which are decent but hardly conclusive evidence because there's a lot of ways that could happen I will say
1: shadowy figures and tears in the window screens are uh, is my favorite uh, b-side song from uh, the Wonder Year's greatest generation.
0: Oh, you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> knew you were heading that way but uh, the tensions continued mounting within the community and eventually they called in the FBI for this. The first thing the FBI did was to... This is the only good decision that was made in the entire investigation. They ordered that the often armed volunteer patrols uh, of Mattoon, uh, they ordered them to disband. Because they knew how that was going to end. The monsters are due on Maple Street style <laughs> with uh, somebody getting randomly murdered. Sure. So by September 12th, the cops were getting so many false alarms and wolf cries here. They eventually just publicly downgraded the priority for Gasser attacks, which I guess that's one way to do it. If we just stop giving a shit, people will stop reporting it, I guess <laughs> was their line of thinking. Unless the Mad Gasser is a Tulpa, I don't think this is going to work.
1: All right, everybody, well, you, you've had a lot of issues.
0: Um, have you tried just shutting the fuck up? And as stupid as that is, that's basically what happened. Um after the media frenzy died down and the cops started responding to all these things, the sightings stopped coming in. Um no further investigation was done, of course, and everyone just kind of shrugged their shoulders and decided it was going to remain a mystery. So, now it is time for my personal favorite here's a guy segment. That's right. It's time to play What the fuck happened? <laughs> There are a few theories. So initially the post-mortem theorizing on this case was that, yes, there was someone gassing people in Mattoon, but many, if not most of the incidents later on were just cases of mass hysteria brought on by the media coverage. Um, now the idea that most of these at least were mass hysteria that fact is almost certain just based on the sheer volume of reports that they got. I mean, it, it just wouldn't be possible for them all to be true. Yeah. Um, especially after the media got a hold of the story and the uptick that took place thereafter. Now, the local police chief, which I, I, this is an interesting place from this theory to come from, actually took this a step further. And he hypothesized publicly that there had never actually been a gasser. There had been no gas attacks, just mass hysteria, following one or two isolated incidents of uh, you know, random gas leaks causing symptoms in residents. And of course, this had nothing to do with the miserable failure that was the investigation of this. that That couldn't have been his purpose. Uh, oh. deflecting attention away from that couldn't have been what he was going for there yeah. at all. So the chief also speculated this guy did a lot of fucking armchair psychology like he really he he was instrumental in putting forth a lot of these theories that had nothing to do with his department being incompetent <laughs> um he also speculated that maybe the whole thing was a result of pollution and toxic waste from nearby indux- industrial plants although it bears noting that there was an investigation of this and the plants only had a very small amount of the substances <laughs> that they used that could have caused this um And, of course, the uh, plant had been given a clean bill of health by the FDA just uh, a year prior. So that weakens that argument a little bit. And, of course, uh, there were some complete morons who suspected paranormal or extraterrestrial origins of the entire phenomenon. So for my big question, time to spin the wheel, boys. What the fuck happened? What's your theory? I do see, like, you know, in all seriousness, kind of a chain events. I think there could be <clears throat> one disturbed person in the town who, I don't know, worked in some field where he had access to come, some kind of a, um, dangerous chemicals. Did this, like, once or twice, um, just for his own amusement. Nearly got caught, because, I mean, someone kind of saw him one time, and he just nearly got away. Um and then everything else just rolled downhill and took care of itself. I mean, they're, they're you know, little industrial towns like this. They tend to have this kind of problem. Um, whether he enjoyed all the fallout from it, don't know. Um, the guy may have just wanted to get a rise out of people and got bored with the reaction from it. So, yeah, that that's going to be what I go with. And that does seem like the safest theory is that someone was just similar to my Disneyland gang people just way too much time on their hands <laughs> and like a couple psychological problems. You'd be amazed at at what kind of things people yeah. come up with.
1: Jack, John, uh, I'm going to go with, it's the forties. You're in Matsu in Illinois. There's not shit to do. You yeah. have like a gang, not a gang, but like a loose gathering of teenagers who are just bored as shit. And they happen to uh, know a buddy whose cousin knows a guy who knows an uncle who has a bunch of stink bombs. And they've just been going around just, like, bombing the shit out of people's houses, like, pelting them like water balloons. And it was fun for a week, and then the fuzz got way too hot, and they were like, all right, cool, we gotta not fucking do this shit anymore. And then it just blew up from there.
0: Yeah, you know, I just... I find it hard to believe that such a person as this actually existed (laughs) because we certainly don't know of anybody at all that has a history of strange behavior after the night uh, after dark or has a history of emitting noxious gases that make people unconscious hold hold on with perhaps an intimate knowledge of the midwest and central illinois and certainly nobody that hosts this channel Fits any of these descriptors folks i give you my theory for the mad gasser of mattoon a time traveling jack john listen we we named an episode booty trap for a reason all right
1: <laughs> look i i have i have one follow-up question that may exonerate me uh what was the lunar cycle during this period and was there a full moon
0: i don't know i looked for that when i was <laughs> prepping that bit but no. i couldn't fucking find it <laughs> If it had been, that would have been case oh, closed. You, you did, of did shit. it. I'm you did of it. Shit, yeah, yes. You <laughs> did it. Yeah. Um, where did we? Oh fuck! What episode was it? Oh. We did, we uh, told the origin story of you being a aware idiot. Oh,
1: it's an all time Ear- early, fun, early right? on. Yeah. yeah,
0: early on. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, go back and listen to our back catalog. <laughs> you will find that story someplace. Yes. All all this does is confirm something that I already thought, which is that. Jack, although I am still bummed that we didn't get to room together that one year, oh, God. I I would I would not have survived. Oh, so it's probably have, for the best.
1: I would have tanked your academic career.
0: Room <laughs> would have been you know, just just smelly, oh, just... unproductive, drunk. Can a room be drunk? <laughs> yeah. Fun
1: fun yeah. to oh, be yeah. clear, uh, uh, like a six months to remember, but I would not have made it, and neither would you have potentially made it to uh, the winter and spring semester.
0: Quite possible. So anyway, uh, yeah, This my is my spooky adjacent topic, the <laughs> yes. Mad Gasser of Mattoon. Jack, your mom says uh, I knew it was him the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it's uh
1: it's it, uh, This is this is me telling you guys I'm not actually born in the 90s. I was born uh, in the 30s, and I did the shit in the 40s.
0: I'm actually you're, old as shit. a reverse Hans Mulman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whiskey actually keeps you looking good. Yeah, um, I'm in stasis
1: <sighs> at all times.
0: All right. Well, thank you for that, um, Cody. And if uh, anybody wants to post their own theories, um, Pookie shared his, which is that um, it was spooky, scary skeletons. Thank you, Pookie. See, I would have gone my with... Uh, I, I, my guess was Grim Grin, and Ghosts. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, either one. They were doing a monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. Alright, moving on to... the oh, third... that bit caught on in a flash, huh? Yeah. Moving on to the uh, third topic of the show. Again, going in the original order from episode one. That can only mean that Jack John is here to put a bow on this thing. So let's get to it. Jack John, who's your guy this week?
1: Oh yeah, my my guy episode 1 Nick Gage, uh famed uh hardcore uh almost underground pro wrestler. Uh not going to have quite as much uh as an edge as Nick Gage, but maybe we we'll, maybe we'll get a little close.
0: Hey, hold on. Before we before we get there, we probably need to address this one. Um uh from uh Chode Thulu in the chat, where do you guys stand on cereal being a super nut? Um, my theory is, um, I don't care too much, but <laughs> it, 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 I'd say, um, no, I'm going to say no. I'm, I think if soup you're has to be, soup has to be hot. And if I know there are cold soups and if we have to throw them out, then, uh, so be it. Yeah. I don't think gazpacho is a soup either. No, if, oh. if your definition of soup is, I think it's gazpacho. I think it's just gazpacho. I think, I, I think it stands yeah. alone, but it has to be cooked I, in a broth. That's my opinion. Yeah, I, I think that if your only definition um ah, death to Jack John we got another one I think if your only only definition of soup is food that is suspended in liquid okay but then so is Kool-Aid technically so I I think you got yeah I think you got to add some more qualifiers and I think Alex's hot qualifier is a good one
1: which would lead us to Everclear soup
0: oh boy (laughs) no We, we've told that one. Haven't we,
1: we, I think we've told. if yeah, we've told every soup.
0: Well, yep, we. That was a part of tweeting at Seacrest, I believe. Yeah, yes, it was yes. Uh, pretty much exactly what it sounded like. <laughs> um, you know, a few years ago, I was I was drinking a beer out of a glass out on my porch, and a, just a, a fucking. As soon as I sat down, a fly flew directly into it. Was that a soup at that point? I don't ooh. think so. Hopefully, that answers your question, Shodhulu. <laughs> if you're a spider, yes. <laughs>
1: Uh, but my guy this week is Admiral Edward Russell. He was born in 1653 in Chiswick, London, England, to parents Edward and Penelope Russell. This would make him the descendant of nobility, as his
0: father was the Earl of Bedford. Now, oh, none the of Earl these are real Bedford? things. No way. The, the Earl of Bedford, the very same. I love, we have I, done... I love the Earl of Bedford. We have done so many British nobility topics that all of this just sounds like. <laughs> Fucking alphabet soup to me. None of this <laughs> makes any makes any difference. Kind of ask, as far as like people's names that are also occupations, is there any more with more separation between like the type of person you picture with the name versus the, the job than Earl? Because Earl no. is like a noble title, but yeah. picture a guy named Earl. Yeah, like you have trucker. Yeah, not an Earl. Yeah. That said, I would much rather hang out with Earl than uh Earl. Oh, yes. Yeah. No, that's not yes. disparaging. We love truckers. Yes. We um, do not love English Nobility.
1: <laughs> uh, Edward would go on to attend St. John's College Cambridge uh, for a brief <laughs> spell before joining the Royal Navy in 1666.
0: Let's just shout out to uh, Pookie's joke here. He says <laughs> Earl had to die. Yes. <laughs> na, 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 na. Okay,
1: go uh, ahead. Uh, well, in the Navy, this would be his true calling in life, as he would spend much of his time and uh, life serving in the British Navy. Edward was not necessarily, though, the most well-liked guy, as it turns out. His personality could be best described as abrasive at worst and a total dick at best. He just absolutely just not pleasant to be around. I'm starting to feel for
0: this guy a little bit. It's one of my other favorite uh, uh, classifications of here's a guy, guys, which is people who are just huge pricks for no reason at all. I mean, literally I I think another one of my favorite topics just because it illustrated that so well was Donald Sinclair, the hotelier. Yes, he was, he was, he was notable and a part of pop culture for no other reason than he was a complete horse's ass. That's it.
1: Yeah. In all of the biographies that I can find on Edward, they make quick mention of his personality. Either mentioning it briefly as ill-tempered, or others that go into much further detail. The short of it is, Edward Russell had friends, but if they weren't his friend, he had an easy way to show you his angry side. A historical write-up of his entire military and political career starts out with this sentence: "Heavy featured and rudy cheeked with a fortnight, a forthright manner, and an uh, irascible temperament." Basically, just like if you meet. If you meet our boy, Edward, you're going to meet his temper first and his basically just boorish nature. Please stop looking at me. <laughs> but all told, these features would benefit him, at least in terms of his naval career. However, this was sometimes negatively bolstered by his uh, finer upbringing, aiding to his love of affluent living and luxury. Because again, after I remember, he is still the son of an Earl. So he's a snobbish dick. <laughs> Lovely. Well, that's where the similarities to me end, I guess. <laughs> All of this mixed up in a cocktail that made Edward Russell cold and calculated and willing to undercut his equals and superiors to get ahead. Early on in his military career, Edward moved up the ranks rather quickly, being promoted to lieutenant in 1671 and appointed to a fourth-rate ship, the HMS Advice, which was a 40-gun frigate.
0: From there, the to- HMS Advice? Yes it's uh sister ships the dear abby and ann landers <laughs> didn't make the
1: voyage he's so there's gonna be a couple ships that i i mentioned by name and they're all just they're quaint and just fun little ship names for being are we are like, we counting this for i guess it's up to you guys are we yeah. counting this for drinking game rules for cool names
0: could be oh I'll, I'll
1: give the uh the hms advice a drink for that i yeah, think I,
0: um that's a ruling i'll allow you guys to make yeah Even though it wasn't a funny name, I think from your last topic, Urban Rafe is (laughs) a pretty cool name. I was waiting for that one to get pulled, yeah. It's very, it's very, it sounds country, but country cool. Yeah. See, that's that's the best military job to have, I think, (laughs) is just naming the shit. Oh, yeah. Because, like, in the U.S., like, for the ships, like, you have, like, 50 states. That'll buy you, you know, a few months of just kind of sitting on your hands.
1: Then you get cities. They're you done. get the uh, uh, USS Indianapolis. You got like a bunch of those. Like, like
0: that'd be the most fun job to get fired from. Because I I'd, I'd get a I'd get bored and just be like, okay, we we are not calling this the HMS Pig Poop Balls.
1: <laughs> there, there's a line somewhere, and that's just past it.
0: We are. No, I'm afraid the sea scroat did not pass muster. Uh, from they, there, he's like, uh, man, I got, I really got this really got the ship to name i can't think of anything what um i could really use some um what's the word advice <laughs> <laughs> that'll do we're, we're it's for it's 450 <laughs> he just cuts or so says himself <laughs> into naming the ships.
1: Oh, oh by the way this ship has a plank you want to go test it for us uh, but from there he would receive uh, routine promotions and land on bigger and more important ships then moving to the third rate HMS Rupert. Uh, it was on this sh- <laughs> yeah no they're just they're just they're just fun. They're just fun names.
0: Like family guy fan maybe. <laughs> what ship are you on? <laughs> Fucking Rupert, bro.
1: <laughs> it was on this ship that Edward would see his first naval combat, a surprise attack from the Dutch leading to the Battle of Solbay off of the uh, Solfolk coast in May of 1672.
0: Edward had to would aboard the uh, the USS Dr. Hartman. <laughs> So he was, he was attacked by the Dutch, but uh, fortunately he could see the blunt smoke coming off their ships from miles away. <laughs> you're ready for him, and hear the the uh, clogs tapping on the uh, the
1: deck. You've just They're got a Dutch. you've you've just got a guy uh, up in like the uh, the I don't know what the official name of the ship, but, like the top of it, where he, like he's looking out with crow's the nest, <laughs> crow's nest. Thank you, and he's just like no he's like holds out his ear and he's like, is that is that deep purple? Smoke on the water. <laughs> he's yes, just—he's
0: up in—he's up in the fucking crow's nest. Takes a whiff of the air. Smells like, oh shit! This is gorilla glue, <laughs> folks. We got problems. If um, if it's the the leftmost in a, a fleet of ships that is just going way too slow and is just kind of in the way, do they have to pass the Duchy on the left hand side? Ah, oh. uh, yeah.
1: I, love, I will. I don't think there's was I, I caught that I mean, just before yeah. you said
0: it. The alternate would be, uh, uh, pass the duchy on the starboard side would Ooh. also work. That's a little too busy. Yeah, that's actually also wrong. Starboard is right. And, see, uh, I just nautical <laughs> term, port see, is I, left. I love how. See, I just, I only try to remember from an old Calvin and Hobbes strip, and I try to remember what Hobbes said. Yeah. Uh, but you know, something that you read when you were eight turns out doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. The finer I, details.
1: I love the idea, though, that I'm learning that Cody's a big ship guy from this conversation.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't think knowing port and starboard make you a big ship guy, but you know what? Fuck it. I'll take that. I'll, I'll be the nautical guy on this. I literally have a yeah nautical tattoo showing right now. I would have thought that you would be more of a port and sherry kind of guy. Also, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not a big wine person True. of any sort. Port just sounds... Good with Porter, sure. yes, Good. Yeah. like oh, yeah. yes. Wh- whiskey and gin and beer. Yeah, yeah. B- moving on, but
1: Edward would fare quite well in this battle, and his hard work and naval prowess was beginning to take form, prompting him to be promoted to captain in June of that same year. There, he was given command of his own ship, a smaller but still impressive fifth-rate ship, the HMS Phoenix, which was a thirty-gun uh, ship manned by roughly about ninety crewmen. Uh, before now, that's
0: a. That's a dope ship. Yes, I'll get I'll give you that one. That's pretty cool. So once he was promoted to captain, was it like naval requirement that he started all of his announcements with (laughs) our
1: it it being the 1600s? There's a bit of pirate play. Uh, We're going to get into that a little bit later. But like there are active
0: pirates uh, afoot. You said pirate. You said pirate pirate play which makes me very concerned for mm. what exactly mm. pirate play sounds like something <laughs> that is very niche but there's a segment in spencers devoted to it there's uh, yeah it does something very unpleasant involving a peg leg i was going to say yeah. pegging leg yeah uh, yes. yeah uh, um the, the the ss phoenix begat the uh, ss phoenix texas uh, a ship oh. A ship that uh, uh, was was manned entirely by obscure late 90s pop-punk bands. They're just uh, just the theme song you hear a Jolly Green Dumbass played on an accordion <laughs> and a fiddle. Uh, but he would uh,
1: uh, basically crew, uh, man the crew for the Phoenix, which is a 30-gun ship made by about 90 crewmen, uh, before being moved uh, to a slightly larger uh, vessel, the HMS Reserve. Um, but it was on the reserve uh, that the ship, uh, Edward would see combat against the Barbary pirates for the first time
0: uh, I hate those Barbary pirates they'll uh, kill you and give you a haircut uh,
1: but it was uh, it was noted that uh, of much of the the kind of like like battle and like any sort of like event that they would see it was probably mostly like pirate based given like what the ships were like going out uh, for just due to them like shipping actual goods and services uh, but not honestly, like not too much about like the actual fighting of the pirates came up in any of my research, which was disappointing. Uh, but it's at this point that Edward had started to make a name for himself, albeit as a little bit of a dick, but still a good captain. This would not last long, though, as in 1683, he would fall out of favor with the royal family due to things out of his control for the most part. You see, his family wasn't exactly too fond of the King of England at the time and members of the Russell family started to conspire against the king and planned to assassinate him in what is known as the Rye House Plot.
0: (laughs) We have talked about this before on the show. This was uh, Justice George Jeffreys, I believe. Yep. Uh,
1: To go into the short of what this is, uh, the plot was to ambush the king and duke on their way back from horse races at Newmarket at the beginning of April. But due to a massive fire that had burned down about half of Newmarket in late March, the races were just fucking canceled. So the king <laughs> and the duke just returned to their trip early. The men who were uh, planning to attack simply couldn't move up their plans fast enough in time, but the king still found it out about the ploy anyway. Well,
0: this, Chauncey, I do declare that was an unusual ploy, was it not? Uh, the Ties... In uh, British life, you're dealing with ploys constantly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the his family's massive blunder would temporarily leave Edward between shops. This would not be Edward's only run-up against the king, though, as a few years later, he and six other nobles would draft a letter and send it to William III, Prince of Orange. This letter, at the time, uh, called Invitation of William, or uh, known later as the Immortal Seven, was a plea to William, nephew to King James II, to come to England and to force the king's hand into naming James's daughter the heir apparent to the throne, as opposed to his newly born son, who many believed to have been illegitimate. Edward yeah good
0: we talked about James the second I think a little bit in our um, Justice Jeffries and Titus Oates uh, dual uh, topic this era was so fucking silly it was just silly yes it it was so outlandish and over the top and people did a lot of really dumb shit that didn't make any sense (laughs) I love it so
1: much it it is I wouldn't say whimsical but it's just very like, I have a hard time taking a lot of it seriously. I would say it's whimsical yeah. at times. I, I would go as far as to say whimsical. Yeah. Uh, but Edward and the other six nobles had promised to support in the coup. This letter was delivered by our sub-guy of the story, Rear Admiral Arthur Herbert. Uh, Rear le-
0: Admiral. <laughs> Rear Admiral in the British <laughs> Navy. Wonder what the jokes about him were. Later known. <laughs> and, Ted Suspert, I think.
1: Later known and uh, for the rest of this uh, episode will be later uh, uh formally known as lord torrington which is the most british goddamn name <laughs> i've ever heard
0: it really is yeah lord turlington
1: uh Damn. this would lead to the glorious revolution which would see william as the leader uh, at the end of it in the short term this would benefit edward greatly as the following year in 1689 he would be elected as a member of the whig party into parliament and appointed treasurer of the navy in May of that same year, he would also be promoted to admiral and took command uh, on the second rate HMS Duke.
0: All of these. I don't want to be on a second rate ship. <laughs> yeah. I want to be on a second rate anything. To <laughs> so be there, on a first rate, first he, rate ship.
1: He was he was doing like third, fourth, and fifth rate ships. Though. So he's he's moving up at least in terms of ship rates. Great. <laughs> but all of these lucrative positions and the payments that would uh, come from them aided in his rising power. Uh, but Edward uh, still had peers that were more notable uh, in power and standing than he was. Chief of those men would be our friend, Lord Torrington.
0: Lord Torrington.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, Edward and Torrington uh, had a bit of a rivalry, to say the least. While they were relatively near in power, Torrington had far more experience and tenure as a naval officer. But this would not stop the stubborn and slightly vindictive Edward Russell. Edward worked his way up in power... Seeing himself as Torrington's principal subordinate. Over the
0: span of one year. Principal yeah. subordinate literally means lead suck up. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Talk about. I'm, one, I'm, chi- about I'm king of the kiss asses. Yeah. yeah.
1: But a position that would uh, seat him to be in power soon. Over the span of one year. Edward would use this seat of power to manipulate and undermine his superior. Torrington would Good make luck. small but noticeable mistakes in battle. And Edward would be there to take notice
0: and to point them out. Torrington, He's literally just, just following this guy around, yeah. pointing out everything he does wrong. What a bastard.
1: Torrington, as it were, may have been a bigger tool than Edward. Edward was more calculated in his malice and still had very powerful friends in the Whig party. Edward was also starting to play politics against Torrington, just as the shine had started come off, uh, to come off of the new Admiral. After a session uh, had concluded for the electorate, Edward would make a case in front of the Admiralty Board... And while not outright saying that Torrington was a bad leader, he would not defend him either when questions arose.
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna say this guy sucks at his job, but if you ask me to say he doesn't <laughs> suck at his job, I'm really not gonna say that. And Adlai, no, uh, yeah, then. No, oh, he's he's not bad at his job. I, I, he's he's definitely not bad. Well, is he good? Huh. I was hoping I wouldn't get this question. <laughs> And Pass ed-
1: <laughs> And to add to this When Torrington would propose battle plans Edward would loudly give a contrary opinion And add to the growing tension Surrounding the two of them
0: I'm really hoping this was the precursor To like the section of British Parliament Where they get to just yell shit back Alright we'll go around the left flank That's fucking stupid <laughs> <Queen> Stop Knight- <laughs> No go around the other way
1: This guy's fucking dumb Don't listen to him Queen Mary had even suggested that Edward Edward take over the role from Torrington. But Edward balked at the idea, as it was not proper to take the role from someone he had served under so closely, and called the idea indecent.
0: No, I'm not done showing this guy up from lower rank.
1: (laughs) The Queen ate this shit up and considered the refusal modest. Because why wouldn't she? Torrington would eventually be removed from his position. And hey, since there's an opening, Edward took the gig.
0: Of course, yeah. Far be it from me to turn down a Call of Duty.
1: With his new seat and even higher power, Edward would start to slowly build a rapport with Torrington's powerful friends from his previous work and even gained a higher social ranking because of it. So he literally stole his job and his friends. Not long after, the shiny new seat of power would start to lose its luster to Edward. In 1691, he would begin writing the king in a whining but somehow still arrogant tone asking for more money and aid for his cause. His letters to the king and other nobles would start to lose their cordial tone and begin to fill with more and more complaints and grievances.
0: Massive kiss-asses who write letters to the king is becoming a category of Here's a Guy (laughs) Topic's if you remember my guy who got tar and feathered twice, yeah. he was also very much like this. Yep.
1: <laughs> Under his watch, he accused uh, he was accused uh, that his lack of funds resulted in the loss of a ship in the Bahamas and the deteriorating of several other ships and his crew members, basically saying, hey, if you gave me more money, this shit wouldn't happen. Even back on land, Edward was starting to hear rumblings that not everyone liked him, and that made him sad.
0: Aww. <laughs> Everyone doesn't like last snitch. You're kidding me.
1: <laughs> over the course of several of his letters, Edward would go back and forth, threatening his own resignation over his demands. All of this unease around Edward would turn positive once again, though, as in 1692, Edward had earned a much-needed victory over a French fleet that was attacking. This would, uh, unfortunately for him, be incredibly short-lived, though, as in December of 19. 19- I'm sorry, 1692. Edward would resign as commander in chief of the navy. Following this, a joint command of three men—Edric Killingrew, Ralph Dalavell, and Cloudsley Shovel—were put. In <laughs> co- I swear to God, his name is C L O U D E S L E Y, Cloudsley. And what's the last name? Shovel. A Shovel. S H O V E L L.
0: Shovel. Cloudsley, yeah, Sho- Cloudsley Shovel is what that with, name. is. With the second L, do you pronounce it Shovel still? <laughs> no, th- I think that, yeah, that is a Kaiser Soze ass name if I've ever heard one. This guy is lying. <laughs> uh, Cloud- that is not Cloud <laughs> Shovel. Cloud Shovel. Cloudsley Shovel. He Cloudsley Shovel and his associate Rain Pickaxe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but they were put into command in January of 1693. Three of these uh, men would absolutely shit the bed and in June of that same year, after a botched attack at the Battle of uh, uh, Lagos, L-A-G-O-S, I probably pronounced that wrong That's too. That's
0: Lagos, yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: all three men were dismissed after the complete botched job that they did. Meaning that Edward would resume his role very, very casually and return to his seat in power in November of that very year. Basically, he quit. They hired three dinguses and then they were just like, Alright, maybe maybe Edward's not so bad.
0: Yeah, Larry, Moe, and Curly didn't get the job done? <laughs> you're, you're kidding me.
1: Uh, Edward would have one last notable campaign at sea in 1694, or at least as far as our story is concerned. After a botched mission that would leave the Admiral and his men in the coast of Spain, Edward began asking for money and supplies again to aid the operation. The laundry list of issues surrounding the crew and their ships began to weigh on Edward, and he even wrote in some of his letters of his waning mental state. By this point, though, the (laughs) king had had enough of Edward's shit and told Edward and his crew just to remain in Spain over the winter, as they weren't needed elsewhere. Uh, In lieu of them returning back home to England, they basically just told him, fuck you, stay in Spain.
0: I I really hope those letters were like, excuse me, your majesty, but I'm going fucking bonkers (laughs) out (laughs) here. It's just the Cabin Fever musical number from uh, Muppet Treasure Island.
1: <laughs> and there's our Muppet oh, reference.
0: My lord, the food's so good here, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> there's there's so much salt on
1: these, uh, on these potatoes, I don't know how to eat them. Uh, but calculated and ready to burn it all down, Edward had an idea for his being marooned in Spain. Well, morale is low and I'm feeling spicy, and hell, it's December, it's almost Christmas. Let's throw a Christmas party.
0: Why not? Yeah, I guess I'll well have a ball. Yep. Yeah.
1: At this point, Edward and his men were stationed in an incredible manner in Cadiz, Spain. Edward had a bit of money and supplies still to burn, and instead of fixing his ships and properly utilizing that money for good, Edward decides he's going to throw the biggest party of all time.
0: If this was a movie airplane, after you said uh, "stationed in an incredible manner," it'd pan to a shot of the ship like parked upside down or something <laughs> like that. Just wanted to get that thought out there.
1: This is the itinerary of the party that we know of. This was an officers-only party, at least at the start, and was set to be held at the Country Apartments in Cadiz. The location featured 800 servants dishing out a 150-course meal. Jesus. Holy fuck. The first course of which was an ox-roasted whole. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cry me. That would take you all day just to eat that. That's, that's like five meals. It's an ox. like <laughs> Roasted you know, whole. Like like an ox. <laughs> Literally the animal we compare large people to.
1: <laughs> Edward then commandeered the fountain at the event and drained it of all its water. Then he added a concoction, totaling an estimated 12 hogs heads of liquid. Now, if you're not familiar with old Jaime measurements... A hog head is. A oh, me- I know. I'm. I know. Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
0: what don't you explain for the the folks at yes, home? Yes, of
1: course. A hog's head is a measurement of liquid that varies depending on the liquid that was used. Uh, instead of general, uh, uh, there's a general measurement though that a hog's head is anywhere between 55 and 65 gallons. But depending okay. on what kind of liquid is stored so in it, a hog's head that's can a be different. That's a lot
0: of. That's a lot of liquid then.
1: The mixture, as we know the recipe to be, included 250 gallons of brandy. 125 gallons of Malaga wine, 1,400 pounds of sugar, 2,500 lemons, 20 gallons of lime juice, and 5 pounds of grated
0: nutmeg. They made Rower Punch. You want to talk about worst behavior weekend? Holy (laughs) shit.
1: Absolutely.
0: Guys just just diving into the pile of sugar like it's fucking Scarface. Yeah.
1: The fountain of jungle juice was so massive that they hired a child in a small boat to paddle around the fountain to keep the booze
0: mixed. (laughs) But that kid had fun. (laughs) Some good stories. Give him a cup, all you can drink, (laughs) that's your payment.
1: The aromas from the booze were so strong that it was said that attendants that were working the event could only work in 15 minute shifts around the punch due to the intoxicating and nauseous effects of the fumes. (laughs) <laughs> impressive
0: Impressive this kid stayed afloat then Holy shit You got drunk just standing next to it
1: Alex you said that it's impressive that the boy stayed afloat
0: Oh come on man Don't tell me the kid <laughs> Don't tell me the kid didn't stay afloat I don't need to hear this
1: One story goes that the small boy who was working the fountain Had fallen in And the party first response Was to start drinking the fountain juice As to lessen the effect of him drowning
0: Well, this is the last good cup of this I'm going to have tonight. Might as well chug three of them. Like a fucking Bugs Bunny bit. They just get the huge straw. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The party went on as long as the punch fountain was still flowing. And well, because it's a massive fucking fountain, this party lasted for seven fucking days.
0: Did it start to taste like dead kid after a little (laughs) while?
1: There's no there's no report that the kid died, but there is a report that a kid definitely fell in.
0: I mean, did you hear how much booze is in this? Do you think they would have noticed if it tasted like dead kid? (laughs) Hey, why is it? After they've been drinking it for
1: 12 hours or so. Uh, It was said that the party had lasted so long that there was a rainstorm in the middle of it. So to protect the booze fountain from getting watered down, they erected a canopy over it.
0: (laughs) Save the liquor.
1: Fuck my pneumonia. (laughs) But for you at home, I have something to cheer you up. While you may not be able to serve this several hundred gallon drink at home, many modern bartenders have tried their hand at making a more modest punch based on the story. From the book, and this is the second time I've bought a book to cover a topic, from the book Punch, The Delights and Dangers of the Flowing Bowl, a book that aided in my research for this topic, the author offers this. In a two gallon punch bowl, dissolve two and a half cups of sugar and and one cup of boiling water. Add 18 ounces of strained lemon juice and four ounces of strained lime juice. Stir to incorporate everything and add two 750 milliliter bottles of cognac and 18 ounces of Montilla, or if you're not from Spain, just some sherry will do. Finish with one and a half quarts of cold water and some grated nutmeg. Add your floating boy as an optional garnish.
0: Sounds like uh, kind of vaguely like a Manhattan. Yeah, it honestly like if Which I, I happen to love.
1: Yeah, if, if I was throwing a party, honestly, and everyone I knew at the party loved brandy, I would definitely try this.
0: Pookie says put in a whole cask of Amontillado. <laughs> ha <Ha-ha, Po> ha, <laughs> reference. That uh, one's not in the drinking game, but it might be soon.
1: But in terms of his entire scope, Admiral Edward Russell had a very storied and strenuous career uh, in the British naval fleet. But is most known for the absolute fuck you party he threw towards the end of his <laughs> naval career, uh, something that goes down as uh, many lists will put uh, either the world's biggest uh, punch bowl of all time or going down in the top five at least.
0: But this, I can all... imagine, there are too many bigger than that that yeah. wouldn't be reported on. It. It
1: borders on unsanitary immediately. And by borders, I mean it is. But, like, Uh it's still
0: a a sight to behold. It's just boo sitting out in the open in the (laughs) air. For seven days! You know how many fucking bugs are in that? Oh, absolutely. Especially with all that sugar. 1,400 pounds of sugar.
1: And all the lemons and limes that were added.
0: You're also trusting... Which has started uh... to rot by, like, day (laughs) two. You're, You're trusting the massively drunk crowd to... Like, have nobody, like, take a piss in it.
1: (laughs) That's definitely, like, a day three, day four thing that somebody thought of. And they're like,
0: I'm gonna hold on to this. (laughs) It's like Like, what me and Tom would have (laughs) done. Shit. Honestly, like, reading the
1: story and everything, like, had we had this idea in college, had we known about this in college, it definitely would have been something we, like, tried to replicate on some sort of scale. Like, bathtub punch or something.
0: (laughs) We would have done this for, um... That St. Paddy's Day party. Oh
1: God! Just, just, I mean, security walks into the, the college apartment, and there's just like, it's like you or me, just like sitting in the tub ladling brandy over <laughs> themselves, and just like, just wearing swim <laughs> trunks <laughs> and swim trunks mask. and a snorkel. Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> Mason, I, Jimmy I don't Buffett know... playing on a uh, playing on a loop. Mason, I don't know if this is the same bloodline P that he came from, but that's a good question.
1: <laughs> uh, but also, yes, mom, this is hundred percent real. Um,
0: but that's a hundred st- proof reel. Oh, ooh, there you go.
1: But this is the story of Admiral. Sorry, Edward- what,
0: no, sorry. Wh- what did you just say? It's a hundred proof reel. I need a second. Well, and uh, there's two drinks all for that. I, all that I wanted <laughs> was to do a fucking normal live show. I mean, I put look. Put so much work into this, and all I get all night is this fucking horse shit. I thought it was gonna be different. For once. For once. Well, that was your mistake. Was that was, mistake. was absolutely your mistake. <laughs> you shouldn't have expected that bad Holy puns shit. wouldn't have been a part of this. No episode fifty-one, not
1: happening. All right, guys, we we made a joke before we started recording. I think this is the fiftieth and last episode of Years Ago. <laughs> I'm back. Sorry about that. <clears throat> yeah, no, you had to feed Freddie. Good pun, Cody. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but that is the story of Admiral Edward Russell, uh, famed uh, Navy uh, commander, but more known for his insane party. Uh, which leads me to my big question: You're hosting a party. What drink are you making for everyone?
0: I don't you know, know what we'd be dealing with this this uh, scale, but I so mean,
1: depending on the size of your party. Again, there was 800 servants, like at this thing. And it's for a shit ton of like Naval officers and precedingly from what I assume a lot of like townspeople just got in at the end because they need to drink all this fucking brandy.
0: Yeah. So for me, we've talked about this drink, uh, here very recently on the podcast. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and, uh, whip it out one more time. I'm going to make the world's biggest lunchbox. Oh yeah. It's going to be 60% blue moon. Uh, 38 or so percent orange juice and the rest is amaretto and the beer will go flat very quickly but again you will hopefully have drunk enough by that point that you will not notice it should this party last an entire week or so what I'm... receptacle are you putting in it yeah um How about a you grain uh... <laughs> <laughs> i mean that that actually would make sense around here no uh i'm going to get you know those uh coconut drink glasses that look, you know, look like halves of coconuts? I'm going to erect the uh, largest one of those ever seen and uh, we're going to drink it out of those. And instead of uh like nozzles where you can fill a cup, it's just going to have straw holes so you can just uh, you know, go to one of the straws, take a pull, and that'll make it even less sanitary. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh Alex, what about you? So I'm going to be making a uh a drink that's very near and dear to my heart that I've told some people about what I call the grandma Eileen. And uh, yeah, Cody and I are great grandma Eileen. This was her exclusive drink of choice for, it's I don't very know about good her too. whole life. It, it's very simple. It is a um, squirt the great, you know, the grapefruit Ooh, soda yeah. and vodka. Oh. Um, but if I'm if I'm doing it on a mass scale, I'm going to um, uh, fill an old abandoned well with it. And um, it's going to be a house party and you turn on the spigot and it's just gonna pour out squirt and vodka. So it's not really a grandma eileen if you don't I guess on that scale you'd have to tap the ash from a couple hundred parliament cigarettes into <laughs> it. Uh, well that's also true. <laughs> yeah. But I think that gave it a little extra flavor. But we can do that.
1: Good answers both of you. Okay. I I think for my next party I've gotta I've gotta make the uh the Admiral Punch here. I think I've I've got, a, I've got an event coming up in December that a couple of you are invited to, uh, and we might have to break it out for that, for such an event.
0: I You know, this actually sounds pretty good, so yeah. I, I would absolutely give this a shot yeah. if you were to make it. I'm just saying it.
1: Yeah. Uh, if not that, I'm going to uh, go for the world's largest adios motherfucker, and I'm going to transcend yeah. time and space because I'm taking it all to the head
0: i'm surprised nobody right said brain. just or a giant bucket of four loco or,
1: or shout out to Ruben. i'm making a blue machine which is uv blue and mountain dew and i'm just <laughs> so mashing those down
0: i'm glad you mentioned that because daryl uh oh. our friend daryl who we've talked about on the show and that same saint paddy's day party where uh mitch was the flash alex had <laughs> yes. McFlurry, and i got really fucking drunk um Part of the reason I got so drunk there is Daryl came over and made a batch of what he called Green Machine, which was this like green colored, I don't know what kind of punch it was. <laughs> I have no fucking clue what was in it. It was pretty good, but man, did it have a kick. Yeah. Uh it was very potent. So uh that, that would be a good one for a mass scale too. Yeah. I distinctly
1: remember in college, uh, and I'll just tell this one story. Um I was hanging out with Ruben and, and Tom and a bunch of uh, those guys and Ruben had made, he had a, a Batman goblet, which is the most Ruben thing you can Oh have. yeah, I remember um, that thing. And it held like 32 ounces. Ruben had made himself a blue machine and went to go to the bathroom. And I am an asshole and I was like, I bet I can drink this whole thing before he gets back. And I took the entire blue machine... To the head and left before he came back from peeing and then I blacked out somewhere on campus you reap
0: what you sow you're, you're the stories from you in college they have different paths but they all end up <laughs> at the same location passed out somewhere on campus all right Can't well um, well hopefully you all just had as uh, as much of a good time as we did and, um, if you in- indulged in the drinking game, uh, hopefully you're still with us. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we appreciate all of you so much for, um, not just listening to the regular episodes, um, which, you know, we, we, that does mean a lot to us as much as we, as much as we say, and this is true. Like, you know, we have no expectations. People are going to listen when, when people do listen and enjoy it. Uh, that does mean the world to us. So, um, thank you for that, you know, throughout the past year. And also thank you for, uh, uh stopping in. Uh, to watch this episode, and if you're listening at home um, and you weren't around for the live episode, well, we ap- appreciate you maybe slightly less, but we appreciate you all the same. <laughs> no. Um, so, um, thanks everyone for being here. Um, it's time for us to wrap things up as we always do. Um, let's start by going around the horn and hawking our shit. Cody, where can the people find you. Well, you can find me right here on here's a guy uh, roughly every week on Spotify, Stitcher, Google podcasts, and just for tonight only on Twitch. Um, Speaking of Twitch, you can find me over on a very fun little channel that the three of us and uh, our friend Pookie are working on called here's an adventure. That is twitch.tv slash here's an adventure. We play D and D and we are just as dumb over there as we are here. So uh, if that's your cup of tea, then uh, hope you stick around. Uh, also, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Son of Gravy uh, All opinions are my own and not shared by the podcast, as they have uh, required that I I remind you before we uh, before we go live. Gunpoint, yeah. Um. All right. Well, Jack John, how about you? Oh yeah, people can find me
1: on my Twitter at Jack John Jose. You can find me on this very uh, Twitch channel that we're running at. If you're new here, please consider dropping a follow at Jack John plays games. Uh, I do this about four days a week uh, and it's a lot of fun. Also check out BelchCast that we've talked about before. And here's an adventure. Also, if you're here uh, live in Twitch, please stick around. We're going to raid somebody afterwards who's doing their own podcast. So we're going to go show out, uh, shout out to somebody else after this. So please stick around.
0: Right on. Well, as for me, you can find me um, also at here's an adventure. Um, as well as a uh, weekly on here's a guy. Um, we have a mailbox. Here's a mailbox at gmail.com. Um, send us whatever you like strong chance. It'll wind up on the episode. Um, you can also follow the, uh, there is going to be an audio version of this going out like a regular episode. Um, and so, uh, uh, following the podcast account is a good way to see when the episodes go live. Um, it'll probably be Thursday morning for the usual schedule, but in any event, follow us. Um, it's at here's a guy pod. um, so I think that's it. And, um, you know, again, I'll just reiterate, thank you all so much for being here. It did mean a lot to us. Um, so, you know, Cody, not to lump a bunch of pressure on you, but um, we're going to need a good one of these. Do you have a tagline for us? Yeah, of course I do. And one that gets at a running theme we have tonight, just like I try and do with all my taglines. Well, that You have great. no idea, by the way, how tempting it was to set up another explosion to end this. <laughs> But I decided to take the high road. A road um, for you. <laughs> Ruben just now shows up in, in, <laughs> in the um also uh Jack, your mom said, I want to hear more college stories. Um, no. Jack's mom, I'm actually not sure that you do. So <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't think you um, do. I, I, I mean, you don't know Jack's mom. She's uh yeah. she she's great. She she's enjoys it. She enjoys a good yeah, a good yeah. story. Yeah. But, Wonderful lady. In any event, um, thank you all in the chat. Thank you for everybody uh, watching live or listening to the audio version of the show. Um, we just appreciate you all so much. And um, this this little hobby we have, you, you really do make it all worth it. So on that sappy note, um, let's go ahead and wrap things up the way we usually do. Um, and I'll, I'll ask again, Cody, do you have a tagline for us? I do indeed. All right. Well, good night. Thank you all for being here. Hope to have you again with us next week. And to take us home, Cody, hit us with that tagline, please remember everybody drink responsibly and by drink responsibly i mean there are make make sure there are no dead kids floating in your drink (laughs) good night everybody bye daddies